lovely, dead and lovely. Everybody screaming or something. <laughs> so. Holy moly, Steve. Yeah. It's Halloween time. It is. It's the month of October. Yeah. Look at us. We should start calling, like, saying happy holidays for Halloween. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah. I think the weird thing is that to some people, Halloween only, like, lasts for, like, the week of Halloween. That's crazy. That's strange. What to are me. you doing? Yeah, I know, right? It should really be the last week of September and the first week of November. Yeah, like the lead over. up, and you need some you need some downtime where you're like, hey, what just happened to me? Oh yeah, I think last year we were so fucking busy that we definitely still had a ton of Halloween stuff up when it yeah. was like time to start putting up Christmas. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the way to do it though. I think so. Or just keep Halloween stuff all all year round, like my wife and I do. Yeah, keep it <laughs> spoopy. Yeah, keeping it spoopy all year round. Mm-hmm. Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to this week's installment of Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast. In all the known multiverse, here with the host with the most, it's me, Uncle Ben. Hollywood Steve! It's that Hollywood Steve Spratlin, Wolfpack. That's me. Yeah. Wolfpacking it up. <laughs> Too sweet! How you been doing this week, Steve? Uh, pretty great. Yeah? yeah. Been having a good week. Um, we've been shooting a lot of video. We've been videoing yeah. a lot. We're getting kind of amped up here for the October season for yeah. our brand new YouTube channel. Yeah, check it out. Uh-huh. Uh, we got subscribe. Subscribe. We're going to be going to be doing some stuff different than just talking about horror movies. It's going to blow your mind. We're having some fun. We're having some yuck yuck fun with this yep. stuff. It's a good time. And when I say subscribe, I really do mean subscribe. I think yeah. a lot of like people that don't do YouTube stuff don't know how important that subscription is. Yeah. It really is an indicator of how su- how successful your show is. Yeah. Also, you need a certain number of subscribers to even be able to monetize. Yeah, so. or get like a URL, so it yeah, can be YouTube <laughs> backslash Dead and Lovely or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so the more subs we get, the faster, the better. So please mm-hmm. be sure to go and do that. It would mean just so much to us. Mm-hmm. It, w- it would re- make my little heart all Twitter-pated. Aww. Yeah. What have you been uh, watching this week, Steve? Um, Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, I have been mostly watching um football yeah i haven't had a lot of time so i watched some football on uh, thursday and friday night mm-hmm. and then saturday we recorded most of the day but i still caught a little bit of football okay cool yeah um but yeah i did watch a movie i'm not gonna mention it yet all right because it is next week's movie okay all right all right but i hear you finished castle rock i did finish castle rock you finally wrapped it up this week yeah and um i I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. We've kind of been like not talking about it for the past few yeah. weeks. I was so on deck. Like the first several mm-hmm. episodes, I was really, really, really liking it. There's really this whole great mystery. Setup. It's like, mm-hmm. is this guy the devil? Yeah. There's some great acting and stuff in it. I was way on board. And mm-hmm. then, like, man, when you reach, I think it's episode eight, The Queen. Yeah. That's all like Sissy Spacek. Yeah, it's so good. It's phenomenal it's a great episode like that that episode is easily the best of the entire yeah uh season one of the mm-hmm. show you reach that one and like we had time to watch another one after it and it was like no let's just let's wait yeah it's such a high point and then it was a couple days later it's like finally i get to finish this oh my god it's getting so good and then it's like episode nine jj abrams alternate reality bullshit yep again yeah. again with this shit dude yeah but it's not true Okay. Now, there's some debate about this. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's debatable. That that, that episode is, is all, all a lie. Okay. Which is, it is some 
twisty, losty type of bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the flashbacks I was having. Yeah. I was like, God damn it, it's like lost again. Yeah. But, I mean, some people, my wife, for instance, thinks it def- that's definitely what was going on. Mm-hmm. And at the end, there's some ambiguity. I don't think there's any ambiguity. I think that he did Evil. Okay, so in other words, you're saying the whole... I'm sorry, spoiler alert for yeah. the entirety of Castle Rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're saying the whole, like, oh, yeah, this is what really happened, and he's crossing over into these multiple realities yeah. and stuff like this. Like, you're saying that's all just it's bullshit. Just a lie. And even us, the viewer, was being deceived yeah. by this whole episode of By the great stuff deceiver that, himself. Man, I don't even know if I like that. It's that thing where we talked about, about, like, the narrator knowing... Yeah, everything and just fucking with you on purpose. Yeah, I would say Seems I cool. would agree with that. Except it was only the one episode, and it was it was introed as him telling her the story of what happened. Yeah, of how she died yeah. out in the woods. And so stuff. that that's only like he is a liar mm-hmm. in that in that reading. He is a liar, and that's what we're supposed to to discover in the last episode. Okay, all right. So in other well, words, you, the, you're saying it's kind of like you know. Even even the devil himself, if he puts up a good enough, compassionate enough story, you yeah, start that's to exactly what he's that's that's what he's known for. He'll right. trick you, he'll lie to you. That devil, that old devil, he ain't no good. <laughs> but I still don't like the ending. Yeah, no. I mean, just because I I see the like way that they developed it, and I I believe that 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 was supposed to be a lie. Yeah, I still didn't love it. No. Yeah, I There's would so prefer many... less of a twist in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me too. And there's so many unresolved mm-hmm. plot issues and twists and stuff. Yeah, and I assume they're not like I assume it's going to be a uh, American Horror Story type of anthology. So next season will probably be a different story. I don't know if I'll like that or if that'll piss me off more. I don't well, know. I mean, you know, when they were in the woods, yeah, and that woman was being chased and being shot, or that. There were prisoners being chased in Michata, and then there was like a woman from like oh, 17th yeah, yeah, yeah. century or something. Uh-huh. I th- assume they'll probably do something with that. Okay. That was probably just like a setup for season two where they'll do back Other in shit the that top. happened in Castle Rock. In Castle Rock, yeah. Which is okay. I guess that's, that's okay. Yeah, I guess that's be. fine. Yeah. yeah, you could you could make a, a big long twisty timeline mm-hmm. of that, I suppose. Man, there's just so much stuff. Like why did why did Skarsgård have that like weird old man zombie face? At the end, well, that, you remember that? Yeah, that, uh, that's that why I believe face? he was the devil. Yeah. Okay. Because there'd be no other reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that was just the full reveal. I was a little perplexed that my wife thought he wasn't the devil. I thought that was the reveal. That's okay. the end. Yeah. He's the devil. That's right. That there, all yeah. of this was justified. He yeah. should have been locked up under a prison. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know, man. There's some good stuff about it. I mean, obviously, Sissy Spacek is fucking amazing in it. Yeah, and all, fantastic. The, all the references to Stephen King's New England. Yeah. That's fun. Although, I will argue that even branding this as Stephen King is, like, pretty superfluous. It's like, this could have existed as a not Stephen King thing where people yeah. are name-dropping. Uh, you know, like, oh, my uncle was in The Shining. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Like, it totally could have existed with it, without any of that. It's almost like it was a pre-written thing, and they were like, what if we just went in and added a bunch of Stephen King character names to it? Well, I think that uh, the the presence of the devil was supposed to explain why all of those other things in the Stephen King universe happened. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, it could have been. 
They could have just eliminated the Stephen King part. But, I mean, who would have watched it? Right. I guess a lot of people. Probably yeah, probably a lot of people watched yeah. it. <laughs> Didn't hate it. Uh, again, those first eight episodes, I was really on deck. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really on deck. And then I just I felt like 9 and 10 really just yanked the rug out. They did. They made it me. a lot less interesting. Yeah, because it's like going into it with everything you'd seen so far up to then, you're like, I didn't know that I should have been watching this knowing that alternate realities and stuff were a part of what could be going on here. But it's like when you see the name J.J. Abrams in the title, it's like you should just be going, okay, so when's the fucking parallel universe stuff starting? Mm -hmm. Why? Why with that? It's like they keep letting him use that over and over and over. I think he lets himself use it at this point. I don't think he's going to <laughs> yeah, anybody really. asking if yeah. he can do anything. He's like, oh, we're doing it. Yeah. We're damn well doing yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. So overall, did you like it? I thought it was fine. I mean, yeah. I didn't love the ending, but like from the way I read it, I didn't see any inconsistency. Like I didn't see that as a parallel universe. I saw it as a lie. Yeah. From the from the beginning. I was thinking like this is I mean, there's either Everyone in the town is crazy, and that guy's sane. Yeah, or he's the devil. Right, right, right. So I'll think about it some more with that that kind of you know yeah. framing device. I guess I would watch say. a season two of it for sure. Yeah, I'd watch a season two I as would. long as it doesn't do well. I guess if it did more of that story and explained more and went more into it, and I don't know how interesting that'd be for ten episodes though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would see I would see that again with a different story based around the city of Castle Rock might be alright I like them messing with the idea that, that people with Alzheimer's that mm-hmm. they're, they're almost like the fabric of time surrounding them is just yeah. out of order Yeah, and how confusing that must be yes you know I mean it's like watching a movie completely in the wrong order or I mean even the show was in a really jumbled order yeah. kind of like Pulp Fiction or something yeah I think maybe that though because like there were uh, there were moments that seemed to indicate that she was actually living out of time. Mm-hmm. Like specifically when uh, Melanie Linsky approaches her on the bridge and says something to her. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, you've never said that before. Like, right. Like she had experienced that exact time several times and it had always gone the same way. And this time it went differently. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, it's not that she has Alzheimer's or dementia. It's just that she really is living in and out of time. Yeah, which is a pretty cool idea. That is a cool idea. Pretty dope. I like to. I like to drink to that. Yeah, let's have ourselves a nice seasonal pumpkin beer. Yeah. All right. So Schlafly's pumpkin ale. Now we had Schlafly before. We had the coconut Coconut cream. cream. That was good. I enjoyed that. Pretty good. Pretty good. I I will go ahead and tell you guys that for a future video. We've been eating some pumpkin-flavored things, and uh, I'm, I'm not, not excited. Out. I'm <laughs> not excited about this so much. So but I want to, for the month of October, I want to experience a different seasonal pumpkin, if possible, related beer on every show. So let's find out about this. It's eight percent. The head on that is thick and creamy. That it is, and that is what she said. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. About the beer. Yes. Okay. I would like to find out who that lady is, yeah. and just like. Does she, she a lot. does she on accident say things that sound sexual? <laughs> like, is that her? It'd be hilarious to hang out with her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good hang. All, All right, right, man. Yeah. Clink it. Cheers. There. It seems nicely 
It smells like effervescent. Beer. A lot of pumpkin beers don't smell like beer. This smells like beer. Yeah, it does. I think that's all that the eight percent of alcohol. Oh volume, yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe they pumped up the alcohol volume to try to cover up some of that pumpkin. Oh no, it's there. It's definitely very there. It is. Um, wow. But it tastes like pumpkin. Actual yeah. pumpkin. Like, is it? Do they brew it with actual pumpkin? I kind of wonder about that. Yeah. Because it doesn't just taste like a bunch of spices and stuff. Blend of spices with full pumpkin. Mm. Doesn't say anything about actual. Wow. That's not so that bad. It's I'll, not bad. No, as far as pumpkin ales go, this one's good. Pretty okay. Mm. I wouldn't hate it if it was, um, let's say, a darker, heavier beer. Yeah. I think this amount of like lightness and effervescence yeah. plus all those really intense spice flavors is a little much. Mm-hmm. Like a pumpkin stout, you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of flavor would be better with something like that. But if we learned anything from that coconut cream ale, it's that these people like to put a fuck ton of flavor into beers. Yeah. And they succeed at it. And it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I could, I could maybe drink this whole bottle. I'm glad we're splitting it, though. Yeah, me too. Because it's, it's a lot. Well, and especially after all the self-inflicted yeah. pumpkin spice abuse we engaged in earlier for <laughs> mm-hmm. the video. This actually might, and this is, uh, this might be good as a boiler maker. Okay, yeah. With some spice, spicy type of bourbon in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might That's be a pretty good idea, actually. Yeah. And at that point, it's like 20%. <laughs> You're just <laughs> fucking wrecked. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't dislike that. I'm glad I'm only having half, though. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I don't think I could handle a whole that because that's a lot of spice yeah we also kicked off our halloween movie watching season mm-hmm. over here at the petler Inn. kate and i watched trick or treat trick or treat uh-huh mm-hmm. which is so fucking good it really is i love that one man it's great it's really good for getting in the halloween season too well, and what kate was saying about it too is like you know how with with home alone have you ever noticed how like every single frame of home alone has like red white and green in it yes it's just to saturated. You that it's, it's Christmas. That's kind of how this movie is with like Halloween. Yeah, a lot of the lighting is orange and black. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, like every single frame in that movie has something uh, that like reminds you of Halloween. Yeah, including Halloween costumes, which is something that I love to see in a movie. Yeah. around Halloween, it just reminds you. Oh yeah, this is what this season is. It's yep. kids running around in costumes. It's adults dressing up and uh, getting drunk and having a good time awesome yeah, yeah it is and it's too like all the set dressing stuff like all the jack-o'-lanterns and orange mm-hmm. lights and all that kind of shit it's just such a well put together movie man one of my faves yeah it's so awesome i've been listening to some podcasts in here lately. oh no why so, you know <laughs> <laughs> what have you heard i just can't get enough yeah so uh have you ever listened to the last podcast on the left i have heard it a couple times yeah uh, around the 300th episode, they started a series on the, the Jonestown cult, like Jim Jones. Yeah, yeah. And I'm That's on... That's real freaky. Yeah. I think I'm on like part three right now. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty fucking interesting. They gunned down a senator on okay, an Okay, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, Jim's jo- uh, Jim Jones was an atheist. Like, didn't believe any of the shit he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, he... Uh, man... <sighs> I don't. I haven't listened to the podcast, but I've studied a lot about yeah. it because I like to read about tragic and horrific things for some reason. I, um, but like he started out on a great path. That's the thing. Yeah, they talk about a lot of that. I didn't yeah. realize like back in Indiana where his church kind of started. Mm-hmm. It's like they did so much to uh, racially integrate yep, the he was community. An integrated pastor. He had he was soup kitchens. Truly dedicated to the um, the 
gospel of Jesus Christ, and if anyone out there is truly dedicated, you know that means giving to the poor and helping the needy. <laughs> no, 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 no. That sounds like socialism. Yes, and not putting capital above lives. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's I know wild. Christianity like would probably crucify me for saying that. <laughs> It's almost like they're Pharisees. No kidding. And you know what? I want to kick them out of my temple. <laughs> get on out. Go on. Yeah. Get. It's been really interesting to learn about, though, man. There's mm-hmm. something fascinating and scary about the the power of charisma. Yeah. That you know the right person mm-hmm. can exert over a massive amount of people. Yeah. Well, you and I both know what that's like. <laughs> Guys, yeah. don't kill. But we are gonna all get together. In a commune and live. Yeah. And you'll need to give us all your property and possessions and money. Yeah, once we acquire the land needed to start Dead and yeah. Lovely Land. Dead and Lovely Land. It's going to be a paradise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And everyone's going to enjoy themselves or else. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, as I was saying when uh, we were talking about this earlier, you got to check out Ty West's The Sacrament, which yeah. is l- loosely based off of uh, the events. But it is not, they don't use the name Jim Jones, et cetera. Right. Uh, but it's, it's great. I'm looking really forward good. to watching that, mm-hmm. man. And I think it's been on my list of like things to watch forever. But I think, yeah, after I finish all these podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff, I'll definitely do that. Check one. it out. Man, I got to start my Halloween decoratings. I've oh, yeah. I've barely done anything, man. What? I know. People are going to be disappointed in you. I know. I'm disappointed in me. Tomorrow's October 1st as we record this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now on. Today's episode, Steve, we're going to be talking about a very special pellicula. Mm-hmm. One to kick off this Halloween season right in the ass. Scream! Yes! I hear them coming. <laughs> and I'm excited to talk about this. This is one of those ones that people have been asking for, like, literally since we started the podcast. Yeah, they should, because it's great. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And considering that this movie begins with a young lady having the limits of her horror movie knowledge tested... To determine her own fate and the fate of her boyfriend. Yeah. I think it only makes sense that as we step into the, the preview palace before mm-hmm. our movie review section of the show, yeah. that we test our own knowledge of horror movies and find out where we stand. Yeah. And if us and our boyfriends would survive. I hope our boyfriends would. God, I love them. Oh, man. They're the best. We share boyfriends. Several. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Our wives are not cool with it. <laughs> they're not on board. No. Uh, this is from the Washington Times. Okay. Do you know horror movies? I feel smart because I'm doing now, something from the Washington Times. Pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. Is the Washington Times high quality? I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, anyway, they do have this uh, this quiz, and we're going to take it. And this is different than our normal quizzes. This is a test of knowledge rather yeah, yeah. than a test of, of, of who we are. So. We did a quiz on one of our first episodes, and it was like nuts hard. And yeah, we, we failed it. The yeah. shit out of it. So, and there are twenty six questions this. here that we we really might bomb. All so right, let's find out. All right, what was the name of the vampire in the nineteen twenty nine film Nosferatu? Nosferatu. Now I know this one. Okay, but I will say that I'll see the the choices here. Count Murnau, Count Orlock, Count Dracula, Count Caligari. I think it's Orlock. It is. It's Orlock? Okay. And we are correct. Correctamundo. Look at us. Who is considered the father of the zombie film? Okay, we both know this one too. Uh, Yeah. George Miller, Tom Savini, George Romero, Armando de Osorio. Oh, it's totally. 
George Romero. Romero. And we're right again. Of course we are. Boom, boom, boom. Two for two. Oh, now this one's a little bit tougher. Who starred in the title role of the 1941 movie, The Wolfman? Ooh. Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney Jr., Basil Rathbone, or Lon Chaney? I was thinking Lon Chaney. I don't know, though. I've never seen any of the Universal Monster movies. Okay, it's either Lon Chaney or Lon Chaney Jr. I think for some reason it's Lon Chaney Jr. Because this is 41, and Lon Chaney was in. Man, he may have been the Wolfman. I really don't let's know. Go with, let's go with regular version Lon Chaney, and if we're wrong, we're wrong. Is it too late to change to Extra Crispy Recipe Lon Chaney? Damn it, and that was the right answer. <laughs> extra Crispy Lon Chaney Jr. Okay, we damn. were wrong. We should have gone with yours, man. Damn. All right. At least it was in the Cheney family. We were That's close. That's true. Yeah. yeah, Dick Cheney mm-hmm. should have been in there too. <laughs> I don't think there are Far actually twenty six questions. I think there's some, uh, some, I don't, some ads, or some something. ads, but no big deal. What is the name of the summer camp where Jason Voorhees drowns? Oh, he, Crystal, Crystal Lake. Lake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no reason to even read these other ones. No. What insect themed monster does Jeff Goldblum play in a famed nineteen eighty six movie? The fly. The fly. That's a fly. Yeah. We are correct again. It's pretty easy so far. I'm not too intimidated. What crime was Freddy Krueger charged with before he was killed by an angry mob? Mm, According to which movie? Okay. Sexual assault, homicide, burglary, or arson? Uh, Homicide, if you're going from the first one. They say he's a filthy child killer. Let's go with the first one. I don't... Well... I mean, they never say in the first one that he that he did kids. Yeah, it's true. I don't think that came along until later. Yeah. Yeah, so homicide. Yes, we are correct. Murder was the case that they gave him. <laughs> Freddy, <laughs> remix. Now I'm fresh up out my coma. <laughs> uh-huh. I've been jamming on a lot of 90s rap lately, yeah. by the way. I, lo- I, love, uh, I love Snoop. 90s Snoop was, I don't know how... Uh, so badass. It's such a young dude with so much swagger. It was crazy. B.I.G. has been getting good to me lately. Yeah. Biggie's great. What comedy team appeared in a film co-starring Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, and the Wolfman? Okay. I think I know this one. I think it's the, like Laurel and Hardy or something, isn't it? The Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, oh. Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, or Laurel and Hardy? Oh, fuck. Is it Abbott and Costello? I believe it's Abbott and Costello. We're going to go with your guest here, because I fucked up last time. Yeah! Look at us! All right. Yeah! Which of these horror movies did John Carpenter... Not direct. Okay, which did John Carpenter not direct? Okay. Oh, this one's too easy. All right. Christine, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, The Fog, Halloween. Yeah, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th That's was easy. directed by Sean Cunningham. Bonus points. We are correct. What is considered the first horror movie? Mmm. Nosferatu, The Golem, La Manoir du Diable. Mmm. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. That's what my guess was, is the cabinet. It's actually Le Manoir du Diable. Yeah? Yep. The House of the Devil. No kidding. Yep. First horror movie. What is that? I've never even heard of it. Um, It's French. Oh, Sacre Bleu. <laughs> yeah, Sacre Bleu. Uh, the 1985 movie Reanimator is based on a short story by what author? Harry Potter Lovecraft. Harry Potter Lovecraft. Ops. We don't even have to worry, yeah. waste any time on the other answers. What monster movie has no musical score until after the end credits begin? Oh, shit. I don't know if I know this one. Alien, Cloverfield, Monsters, Troll Hunter. 
I'm gonna guess Cloverfield. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all shaky. Cam yeah, and it's supposed stuff. to be. Yeah. What was I, the two options after that? Alien. Oh, monsters. I don't know what is monsters. I've never seen that. Troll Hunter. I'm pretty sure. I think Troll Hunter has a soundtrack. I think so. All right, let's go Cloverfield. I think Cloverfield. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You're right. I actually don't think I noticed that when I watched it, but that's pretty yeah, dope. That is yeah. cool. It's kind of like Blair Witch, you know. Yeah. yeah. Michael Myers' mask in Halloween is based on which actor's face? Bill Shatner. William Shatner, yeah. of course. I'm getting more hyped for that Halloween remake, man. Well, it's not a remake; it's a sequel, really. Yeah, it looks the good. The new then. one. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting stoked about it. Um, which one of these horror movies is not based on true events? Okay. The Conjuring, the Amityville Horror, mm-hmm. The Exorcist, The Babadook. The Babadook. The Babadook. Yeah. I mean, Though, the other ones are mostly based on stories by the Warren family. Yeah. So it's like, well. The Exorcist <laughs> is based off of a conglomeration of stories from priests. But sure, at least it's true. Yeah. Um, what sci-fi horror film had the tagline, In space, oh, no on. one can hear you scream. Alien. Alien. Easy. Mm-hmm. Man, they get shit by us. Nope. In the 1985 movie, Fright Night, who played the cowardly late-night horror film host Peter Vincent? Jeffrey Combs, Roddy McDowell, Roddy. Peter Cushing, or Christopher Lee. Yeah, it's Roddy McDowell. Rowdy Roddy McDowell. Rowdy Roddy McDowell <laughs> of, of the Planet of the Apes franchise. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the name of the book in the Evil Dead film series? Necronomicon. Necronomicon. We already got that one. In the classic 1931 film, How Does Dracula Die? Oh, God. I just watched this recently. No shit, really? Yeah. But I don't remember exactly. Consumed by his minions, head cut off, exposed to sunlight, stake through the heart. Exposed to sunlight was Nosferatu. I'm pretty sure it's staked through the heart. Uh, you, your guess is much better than mine, as I've never seen this. Hey, I was hey, right. Hey. hey. Way to go. Which actor never portrayed a werewolf? Okay. Never portrayed a werewolf. Okay. Michael J. Fox. He Oliver has. Reed. I don't know who that is. Peter Cushing. James Spader. Has James Spader ever played a werewolf? Damn. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he was in... Um, fucking movie we covered but no no it's James Woods yeah that's James Woods. I was thinking of James Vampires. Spader I don't I'm I'm I, I'm gonna guess James Spader I'm what gonna go James okay. Spader sure oh damn not right Peter Cushing Peter Cushing really huh thought at some point he would have played a werewolf yeah he's missing out dude oh this is a tougher one what are the monsters in the 1954 film them exclamation them. point I've never seen them giant rats giant snakes Giant ants or giant spiders? Them. I think it's either rats or spiders. It's actually ants. Ants? Yeah. Okay. You know how I know this? No. From Fallout 3. Really? A, yeah, there's a... Fallout is full of horror movie references. I've but always fall- wanted to play those fucking games, you should. dude. And you should start with Fallout New Vegas. The really? best one. Fight me on it. Everybody's told me that that's like way sick. It is. The it's amazing. It's haunting. The soundtrack is like amazing. It's yeah. all like older records and more obscure songs that you wouldn't think of. But like, you know, that's all that would be left after a new like whatever they could scrounge together. Yeah. And cool. it's always like desolate and quiet. Yeah. And then suddenly it's not and you don't want it to be. <laughs> There's some real scary moments in Fallout Three and in, in, in New Vegas for sure. I dig it. Especially with the ghouls. Oh. Oh. 
What is the name of the hotel in The Shining? Overlook. Yep. It's the Overlook Hotel. How many times do you have to call out Beetlejuice's name to get rid of him? That's a trace. Three yeah. times, you say? I agree. We are correct. Are you a Beetlejuice guy? Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, other than uh, Jeffrey Jones's presence, but you can't really get through a lot of Tim Burton movies without seeing Jeffrey Jones. That's true. Yeah. And thinking, that dude has... A, an obsession with having sex with children. Yeah, he does. He's disgusting. I always wonder this because, like, when you find child porn on uh, a rich person's computer, yeah, what's the likelihood they didn't fly somewhere and have sex with? Yeah, child? really, right? Yeah, even yeah. though they didn't catch him with that, right? Like, I'm assuming he probably did. I would imagine their opportunity for that is much higher than yeah, your regular gross person. He and Gary Glitter. <laughs> oh, yuck. Uh, anyway, which musician played Renfield? In the 1992 film, Bram Stoker's Dracula. We already know this one. Aw. It's old Tommy Waits. Yeah, it's old Tom Tom Waits. God, he's so good. The blood yeah. is indeed the life. Yeah, he's great in it. Like, he, he but, really does yeah. have maybe the best performance in the movie. Except, well... Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. Gary but Oldman. yeah, he's probably probably second place. Yeah. Close to Keanu. Oh, close. Yeah. I'm Jonathan Harker. <laughs> That's, that was it. I just Mina, did. what has happened? What has happened? <laughs> Which movie was not based on a Stephen King story? Okay. I think most are. Uh, Children of the Corn, The Dead Zone, Christine, Hellraiser. They could have made this Yeah, Hellraiser, come on. Hellraiser is Clive Barker. The Hellbound Heart. I bet these are, this is maybe a harder quiz for uh, some other people. Noobs. Noobs. Probably for other podcasts. Yeah. Can you imagine Say You Love Satan trying this? Come on. Oh, we know it's 80s horror. Bring it on. Aww. So one of my guitar students got me the Hellraiser graphic novel. Oh, awesome. Like the collection, the big one? Yeah. I haven't had time to, to read it oh, yet. Oh, that, yeah, that's you? worth checking it out. No, I'd like to see that. I'll have to borrow, let you borrow it or something. I think I'd like to see that, yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson. I'll borrow it to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. In The Exorcist, what was the name that Regan gave her demon? Captain Howdy? Captain Howdy. Captain Nemo, Captain Jack, Captain Duty. Yeah, easy. Captain Duty. Captain Howdy, yeah. But of course that was... Not the name of the Not the, the name? Demon. No. Uh-uh. Which actor known for playing Dracula co-starred as Igor in uh, 1942 movie The Ghost of Frankenstein? Ooh. Well, known for playing Dracula. That kind yeah, of tells gives us it exactly away. who it is. But John Carradine, Bela Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr., or Christopher Lee? Bela Lugosi's dead. <sighs> is it Bela Lugosi? Actually, now that I Christopher think about Lee it, Christopher is, Lee yeah. is known for playing Dracula, and it seems like in 1942 he might have played... Is he old enough to have been in a movie? Dude, Chris Lee was fucking he, ancient. Yeah. Let's... Hmm. What the Bell of the Ghost, he might just be there to throw us off the off Yeah, because you know? he... Yeah. Like, he would have been playing... He played Dracula 11 years before 42. Why would he suddenly be playing Igor? Igor. Yeah. Let's go to Chris Lee. Chris Lee. Saruman. Damn it, we were, we were on Bell Damn it. Okay, all right. Which famous inventor produced the 1910 silent film Frankenstein? I know this, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna see what you if you know. Okay. Nikola Tesla, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, or George Eastman? Edison. It was All Edison's right. film company. Uh, check it out. There is, um, we got a 23 out of 26. So, hey, not right. bad. There is a scene, one of the earliest horror movie special effects, mm-hmm. where what they did was they made, uh, you know, a, they took a skeleton and basically packed it with uh, 
meat-like product or whatever okay. and, and wrapped or, uh, wrapped it in something that would burn yeah. and then lit it on fire and then they uh, reversed the frames so it looks like the meat is coming on to it and that's oh. how that's how they create the Frankenstein's monster. It's a real no cool shit. effect. Yeah. It's only like a 20 minute movie. It's on YouTube. And it, it's huh. legally on YouTube. So if you're out there thinking, I don't want to watch an illegally downloaded movie. Yeah, yeah. It, that, that ran out of copyright a long time ago. Yeah, really. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that we kind of kicked that thing's damn ass. We really did. I think we whooped it square in a keister. Oh, buddy. <laughs> well, Steve, we are indeed horror movie experts. And yeah, absolutely. It would appear that everybody... <laughs> And Scream is also a horror movie expert. And I want to talk about that as we go along. Everybody is at some level of expertise. Nobody is a way. noob to, to no. horror movies. Like, I want to I want to go and hang out in this town because it's like, yeah. in my normal everyday life, it's like just even trying to find somebody who's like watched an Elm Street and enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, can we be friends? Yeah, you're my best Please. friend now. Yeah. Homeless person I just met. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, I assume this is not the first time you saw this movie. No, no. I saw it in the theater when it came out. In the theater? In the theater. When did it come out? 96? December of 96, which was a controversial decision. Yeah. I didn't realize that. December's not the place for most horror movies. But then the crazy fucked up thing is, is that it came out in December and actually kind of had a mediocre opening. Yeah, mediocre opening, a mediocre second week, but it was the same as the opening. Yeah. Meaning they didn't drop they off, which is, that's a good second week. Yeah, and, and then, then word of mouth started Word of out. mouth, yeah, it started doing great. And it was released in December, but became a fucking summer blockbuster. It uh-huh. was number one movie in America for eight months. Yeah. Eight months. Insane. That's ridiculous. $14 million budget made $173 million. Good God almighty. And it was $1996. It was Bill Clinton dollars. (laughs) Yeah, in Clinton bucks. Mm -hmm. Dang, dude. That's pretty amazing. And uh, the first time that I saw this movie was probably in college. I don't think I saw this movie until I was like in my 20s. Yeah. I think that us and old old B. Suttles, Brand Suttles. Yeah. I think we watched the entire series over the course of like a week. Mm. We used to do that a lot of times. Brandon would just be like, oh, have you ever watched all the... Well, he's the guy that showed me all the, the Elm Street movies. Oh, okay. He was like, oh, we should get together and let's just watch a new one you yeah. know, every night. I'm That's like, okay. a good choice. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So we watched through all the Scream flicks, and I've seen it a couple of times since then, and uh, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, it's great. I, I think it's awesome. Like it, it has so many things that I don't necessarily like about movies, Right. but... This movie was my introduction to those things, mm-hmm. and I like I like the way it does it. I always compare other whodunit horror movies mm-hmm. to Scream, right? Yeah, like, it's always just sort of like, yeah, this doesn't this doesn't reach up to Scream, or it does. Mm-hmm. I, and actually, when we started and we watched Argento films, like those were the first times I had seen Argento yeah. films, and I was like. Oh, okay. That's how you do Who Done It Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a murder mystery kind of yeah. thing. And yeah. Scream does that. It does the Who Done It Right. Yeah. And this also did the impossible task of like coming out of the the cesspool that was '90s horror. Well, kind of. That's the okay, thing. Okay, that's though. the yeah, thing. Mainstream right. '90s horror. Okay. So we got to talk about this. So this yeah. movie is credited with. I mean, uh, it's extremely influential. Sure. And credited with saving horror. But what it was actually saving was big budget, big studio horror. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you think about movies that came before, like 
there the movies weren't making as much money in the box office, but you had uh, In the Mouth of Madness, you yeah, had Candyman, yeah, you had there were uh, several early '90s horror movies that were really great, sure, but they just weren't making money in the box office like the 80s horror movies had been made because everybody right. was kind of over it. Kind of over it by that point. Yeah, because yeah. like the, the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street movies were getting cartoonish and it was like less of a scare and more of a laugh. Sure, yeah. Which is fun, but after a while, it's like, I'm not going to pay money to go see that. I'll just get it on VHS and yeah. watch it at home and have a laugh. Right, right. But yeah, this, this movie... Um, it brought back the big horror movie that's like everybody makes has a ton to go of money. See it. Everybody has to go see it. Yeah. But yeah, it's extremely influential. We need to talk about that though. Yeah, because is that a good thing or not? Because the cesspool of the 90s kind of started comes, after this, really. And comes out of it. Yeah, yeah. In a very, very huge way where mm-hmm. I feel like every studio is like, oh, okay, so the formula is. If you get a bunch of like really pretty teenage people and that put everybody them in a movie, already knows, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This changed horror casting before right. horror movies were always no, no names. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may eventually become names, but at the time, nobody knows who they are. Right. This movie, you already know everybody. Sure. Yeah. Nev Campbell, yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt, fucking Drew Barrymore, all these yeah. people we saw in all these. You know, when you think of '90s horror flicks, they were already well established yeah. actors and actresses. Well, and that's the thing is. That choosing to do that adds to the meta element of the horror movie. Mm. That's a choice you do for a meta horror movie about meta horror so people know, oh, this is a movie. I'm watching a movie because I know all these people. Right. And earlier, the horror movies, it's like, I don't know any of these people. Did they really die? Right. Yeah, Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, is, you know, in terms of the casting being related to making it more meta, like you said... Even the choice of having Drew Barrymore yeah. be, what's her name, Casey? Casey, yeah. In the intro, like that bit of casting made that intro more shocking. Yes. Because even on all the promotional stuff, all the posters and stuff, she's given top billing. Mm-hmm. Nev Campbell's like in the background of the poster right. and stuff. And uh, you're kind of led to believe that this is a movie about Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, yeah. Which in any normal horror movie yeah. before that, the first girl you see, you're like, well, she's going to die. Mm-hmm. But when you see that it's Drew Barrymore, you're taken out of it. Yeah. It becomes meta immediately, and you're like, right. oh, okay, well, she's going to be our main person, I guess. Yeah, she's the biggest star and at then, that time. That's the thing, is that Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson's script are really playing on the idea that you think you know sure. what's going to happen. Right. So, like... You, there's already like not only does everybody in the town know horror movies, but the expectation is that the audience also knows horror movies. Right. Yeah. So it it gets that like ultra meta feeling to mm-hmm. it. But you're right. This did influence all those other yeah really crappy '90s horror flicks, like all of your. I know what you did last summer. Yeah. And Urban Legend. We've we've done those on the show in the past. Uh huh. And had a pretty good time talking yes, about them. Yes, we have. And. I actually misidentified last time yeah. when we did uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and they, at the beginning, are talking about an urban legend, and I was like, well, that's where urban legend came from, obviously. Yeah. Actually, in Scream, they talk about an urban legend, yep. the Richard Gere urban legend. Oh, yeah, that's right. And both uh, Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer are written by Kevin Williamson. Right. 
like Urban Legend is seriously just let's claw through Kevin Williamson shit and see which like pieces <laughs> of corn didn't get digested. Yeah. They didn't go too much into Urban Legends movie. Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly, dude. Ridiculous. And this wasn't originally supposed to be directed by no. Wes Craven. Well, they they wanted him a little bit, but yeah. there were other people they went for too. Yeah, George Romero was on the uh-huh. list at some point. Yeah, they they went after uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, yeah. But Wes Craven, he said he didn't want to do it, and it's really interesting. I had written this quote down, but I, I forgot my notes. Don't worry, I'm prepared <laughs> for things. Uh, but he he basically said that uh, at the time he was thinking like you know. Um, that, that horror had just become misogyny. And yeah. that, is, that was never his intention. Mm-hmm. You know, as the director of Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, yeah. where, uh, you know, you do see a lot of girls get killed, but you also see strong female characters. Right. Like, he had always been that type of person who, who wanted the women to not only be killed just like the men, yeah. but also to be heroes just like the men. Sure. And so he was a little tired of horror at the time and didn't think, like... That he wanted to, to be involved in it. Yeah. But uh, as he says in the documentary, we, we, you watched some of it. I watched uh, a little bit of it. I didn't get to watch yeah. the whole thing. It's on it's YouTube. From the, yeah, it's on, the, it's on YouTube. It's from the biography channel. It's actually directed by the guy who directed Chris Blake Memories and Never Sleep Again, yeah. the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street documentaries that are amazing. So good. And it's the same, same thing, same yeah. sort of voiceover, same idea. It all looks great. It's called uh, Scream the Inside Story. Check it out. But he, he talks about it, and he, he he says that he was wrong. Like, he was wrong to not want to go back to it because that's what you need when that's what you're thinking is that everybody has turned it into just straight-up misogyny. You need right. a, a voice to come in and be like, no, 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 hold on. This is about <laughs> strong women as well as, as strong men. And oftentimes the killers are, are men, but that doesn't mean that the women are completely powerless against them. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool to see. And Wes Craven as a director, um, it's hard to really overrate how important he is in the evolution of yeah. of horror movies. It really As I was kind of thinking about Wes and especially, you know, his timeline of movies where, you know, he really redefined horror not just once. A couple times. Several times. Yeah. Uh, and in that way, to me, he's almost kind of like the Miles Davis of, of horror. Mm-hmm. And similarly, Miles Davis, not everything the dude did was amazing. That's Let's true. be honest. Wes Craven did direct Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he did some crap. But, you know, similar to like Miles' career where he, he reinvented jazz. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some people say between like three and five times within mm-hmm. his lifetime. Yeah. And it's like he didn't get famous because he was a really good trumpet player. He actually wasn't even that great yeah you know he he wasn't like a shredder or anything like that (laughs) he didn't shred on the trumpet yeah but he reinvented the genre multiple times Mm. p.s he was a horrible person that's true a horrible awful person Mm -hmm. man uh fucking beat his wives horrible father heroin addict oh my god dude i mean heroin addiction and jazz go hand in hand (laughs) they kind of do (laughs) but you know Wes craven it's like when you look at his career it when you start with something like The Hills Have Eyes, mm-hmm. created a really, uh, I think, important and singular image of what a horror movie could be yeah. in a really real life. Like, you could get stranded and fucking yeah. crazy people are messing with you. Yeah. Which influenced so many movies yes, after that. For sure. 
And then once we get to the Elm Street thing, mm-hmm. you know, of course, that wasn't the first slasher or anything like that. But I think he's the one that really realized that a horror villain, a recurring horror villain could have personality, charisma. Yeah. There's also such a strong fantasy element in those movies, too. Oh, man. So surreal at times. Yeah. yeah. And then when we reach, you know, Scream, it's like he's the guy that kind of brought this, the the meta slasher, hyper-aware 90s thing. You know, he created that, too. That guy has redefined horror several times over the course of his career. I mean, it is true that this movie did save horror, because at the time, in 96, there were independent filmmakers, obviously. Um, But the likelihood that horror was going to be in the box office as often as it had been through the 80s right was very low sure. and and you look at the early 90s before this it, it had really petered out and like just you know people weren't going to them anymore mm-hmm. so since you need an audience for a genre to thrive yeah <laughs> this movie saved uh, horror definitely but man at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, too, everybody credits this as being like the first meta horror movie, and it's really not. It's not at all. Yeah. No. Not even, uh, as you said earlier, not even Wes Craven's first meta horror movie. Not even Wes movie. Craven's first meta horror movie. Yeah, yeah. No, meta horror had been around for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in even in Evil Dead and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, there was like the meta element of... Uh, Evil Dead, there, there's the Hills Have Eyes poster in the, okay. the basement, yeah, yeah. and then in Nightmare on Elm Street, they're watching Evil Dead. Sure. Like, there's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that... Yeah, that's true. That is a strange connection to that. Right. Them. This one really put it in the forefront with yeah. so much stuff about tropes of horror movies and mm-hmm. everything. And even, you know, again, with Craven, a couple of years earlier, was it a year or two earlier? He did uh, New 94, Nightmare? New Nightmare, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's very, very, very... Extremely meta. Meta, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's taking yeah. place on the set of a Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah, Freddy comes out of the dream world into his real world and then into our real world. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. I like that movie. But also John Carpenter had already preceded him by two years within the mouth of madness and yeah John, and that is the superior meta horror movie to In all meta opinion. horror movies I yeah, think. yeah yeah we got a, a good episode on that you guys can yeah check go it. check Rate it out review on itunes also just check out that movie if you haven't Gosh, i think it's fucking awesome so man. great got sam neil yeah so got crazy that, that quasi metallica soundtrack uh-huh. <laughs> so when it comes to the casting and stuff of this like you said this is just chock full of young, pretty, awesome people. Yeah, it's great. A great casting. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think they're all very likable, too, which mm-hmm. is something that we also didn't get out of, mm-hmm. again, the imitators of this. Yeah. Like Urban Legend and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I would like. it's real interesting. If you read the people who came in to read four parts yeah. uh, for Scream, they ended up in the future other like knockoff movies right like alicia witt came in to read for sydney prescott and oh, then okay. she became the protagonist in urban legend right like all, all of these people were already in the mix and the other studios were like well we just got to scoop them up like <laughs> yeah yeah get them while they're hot yeah that was your number two choice that's our number one yeah yeah, yeah. and even some of them ended up in other movies like uh, in mm. the scream franchise yes that's true uh i think sarah michelle geller i want to say somewhere was in the cards for the first and she ended up in the second she's one. in number two yeah same with what's her name curly hair she's in i know you did like no she's in urban legend she was the killer in urban yeah Legend. yeah she's in part two too what is her damn name i'm drawing a blank 
I am too. Yeah. I had a crush on her in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Too. So cute. So cute. Yeah. But in this movie, we got, uh, of course, Nev Campbell, who was really hot for her time on Party of Five. I yeah. never watched any of that. Did you? I did not. But, I mean, in I Know What You Did Last Summer, they drew from Party of Five again. Yeah. Yeah. Got the Jennifer Love. But, yeah, Nev Campbell, she was she was popular. I never caught that show at all. Like, no, I never watched any of I it. I guess it was, I don't know. It was at that time where I was watching teenage boy stuff like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I was just watching teenage stuff. I was watching Beavis and Butthead and Daria mostly. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to actually clean this glass out with a little yeah, bit of Yeah, that's agua. a good call because that pumpkin flavor, it's I strong. think, will last. I think so, too. I don't want it to to taint our next drinking experiences. And I think Nev Campbell is awesome. I think yeah, she's, she's great. great. Always had a huge crush on her back in the yeah, day, too. Yeah, she's very pretty. Very, very awesome. Mm-hmm. And just seems like a cool person. She does. And on screen, man, she she really does play this really well where she has kind of a uh, a vulnerability but is also very believable when it comes time mm-hmm. to like be strong oh, and yeah. fight back. Yeah, you know? like our first sort of introduction to her strength is when she first gets the, the call yeah. And she's not intimidated. Even though there's been she's heard about a murder already. She's not intimidated by a caller. Yeah. yeah. She's, I mean her fucking strong. mom has been murdered. Yep. Yeah. And I think at that point she's just like, you know what? I'm I can pretty much deal with anything after <laughs> what I've been through, so yeah. fuck you. I think she's great. We've got uh Rose McGowan playing Tatum. Once again, former yeah. gigantic crush. Yeah. Especially I mean this movie. Yeah, yeah. What is going on? She's got those pigtails and that belly shirt, and it's yeah. just like, all right. And then she like fights yeah. with the killer, and it's like, okay. Yeah, and she's all sassy and stuff. She's sassy. She's fun. Yeah, yeah. Really, really fantastic. She does a good job in this too of being the, uh, the 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 fun bubbly friend that yeah. isn't annoying and shitty. Right, and who who sort of stands up for her friend. Yeah. She's there. She's like, I, I would say it's almost like Tina and Nancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie, we also get Skeet Ulrich, who was uh, sadly during the time of making this movie diagnosed with early onset Johnny Depp syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, well, like, I think that definitely uh, Wes Craven was going for something with that because Johnny yeah. Depp was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Sure. I, I think he was going for that look and he has it. Oh yeah, he well, and then it. they intro his character by having him like coming through the window. Yeah, of well, a that, brunette teenage that is girl. Definitely an homage out. back to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Which is also interesting because Kevin Williamson, as we talked about, and I know what you did last summer, created Dawson's Creek. Yeah, and that was a a big thing that happens in Dawson's Creek. So was he oh. was he pulling from his own movie and yeah, from really. Nightmare on Elm Street? Was he referencing that? Meta. Meta. <laughs> he does a pretty good job in this. I mean, he's kind of like overly weird and creepy for a lot of the movie, but it's kind of funny because mm-hmm. in any other horror movie, that would be your thing where you're like, oh, well, he's definitely, he's the, definitely killer. the killer. But yeah. In they, this, where it's acknowledging so much stuff that typically happens in horror movies, you almost second guess and you go, well, he can't be. He's acting so weird, but I know that they would just have him acting weird to make me think he is the killer. Yes. But he he's he acts so intense. He's always yeah. staring, just staring so intensely. Like you do get the the sense that like if he's not the killer, he's going to be a killer. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Matthew Lillard as Stu, dude? He, I, I know that anybody would say he's too over the top. He's I think really he's over the top, perfectly over the top yeah. because the movie is supposed to be 
over the top. Like yeah. their lines are things people don't say. Mm-hmm. Like no teenager talks the way these lines are. But the movie's supposed to be. It's supposed to be constantly reminding you this is a movie. This is a movie, and these are movie tropes. Yeah, yeah. And these are things that happens in a movie. But you're still invested in it. You're still yeah. like, I care about these. And he's the one who's just like spitting and like clearly a movie character yeah a movie character he like in the, in that documentary i mentioned earlier he he said i don't know why Wes craven let me do that yeah yeah but i think it's great i think it comes out awesome you know whenever i was watching i was like man he's really fucking annoying because mm-hmm. he does remind me of that he's friend supposed that, to be i think yeah, yeah. And it's like everybody has that friend that's just like always trying way too hard way or being too, hard, way too yeah. animated or he, whatever he is extra af yeah mm-hmm. well and the thing about him is too is like he looks like a damn cartoon character as he is does. anyway he looks like shaggy yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he's got like really wide offset eyes uh-huh. and like a really wide mouth mm-hmm. and, and then the upturned nose and everything. yeah 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 like he already looks over the top too yeah. So, yeah, initially I was kind of annoyed by a lot of his performance, but then, too, apparently most of his lines were, like, improvised. Yeah. Like, so much of it, it was just stuff he was making up, which is cool, too, that shows that... My mouth, my parents are going to be so mad yeah. at me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you hit me in the head with the phone, you dick. Yeah, that's, that was definitely not planned. <laughs> no, yeah. uh-uh. There's a bunch of stuff in there, and it's cool, too, to show that Wes has that kind of... Um, uh, faith in his actors to yeah yeah so kind of just try something yeah at that point like if you're Spielberg at that point in his career you're probably gonna be more controlling and, I would think, and yeah. Wes Craven's like no I'll let I'll let it be loose yeah yeah well by that point the guy had made a million damn movies so that's true he probably also felt like like that's the thing I always wonder about people who become ultra rich mm-hmm. in in anything yeah. like isn't there a point where you feel like I've done all I want to do. Like anything I do after this point is just fun. It's just cake. Like I don't care if I don't care if this guy says something real weird. Like right, yeah. That's what he would say. He's a teenager. Listen to him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So y'all just get on camera and have some fun. Yeah. (laughs) I love David Arquette as Dewey. He's really funny. Yeah, he's great. Bumbling, funny. Like he, I, 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 ninety five. He's Barney, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But like, I know this had to have been a a a character choice he made. But in every single movie except for I think the last one, every time he has his gun, he has his finger on the trigger. Oh, really? Which, as a cop, he should know not to do. Yeah, yeah. But he does, and then he has when he knocks on the when we first meet him, he knocks on the door. He's got the 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 screen mask. mask. Behind it, he has his gun with his finger on the trigger. <laughs> like, he's he's a bumbling buffoon type of cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that intro to him, too, where, yeah, he, he uh, she opens the door, and he's standing there with the mask, She's, uh-huh. and she startles him, and he screams. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're the cop. Yeah, you're supposed to be. You're the one that has stoic it together. here. You're not supposed to be the one afraid. And he's apparently just so lovable that he was originally supposed to die in the movie. He also, I don't know if you knew about this. He was originally supposed to die, as was Randy Meeks. Both mm. just uh, their star or their their ability with the character made them change the idea. He actually was cast as one of the kids. Right, yeah, because he's actually, I think, younger than Steve, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But he he really begged Wes to let him be the, the cop. Hmm. <laughs> and he said it was because well, the cop gets to kiss Courtney Cox. Oh, yeah. This is bef- yeah, this was before they ever had a relationship. Aww. His insistence that he became 
that that character is what led to them having a relationship. Aww. So that's really cool. And becoming future exes. Future Aww. exes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really super super likable and good in this flick. What about old Jamie Kennedy? Is Randy? Randy. He's annoying, but he's supposed to be. Right. But he's re- he's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's supposed to be. But God. He's but annoying. he is really annoying. He's really annoying. But he 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 is the character that introduces a, a horror trope we still have today. The lore keeper, the yeah. person who knows like all the things that need to be known, uh, but doesn't really have any power to do anything about it. Yeah, he's just there to drive narrative. Yeah, yeah, and you could say that there's there's been other ones. I mean, even um, oh shit, who's the the, the crazy guy in Friday Thirteenth? Yeah, uh, 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 Ralph was. Yeah, yeah, old crazy Ralph, like yeah. or like the the Harbinger dude, and all these yeah. other movies. Like yeah, Charlie they Corn let you this. know, like don't go down that road or whatever. Yeah, don't but, go all that road. Exactly, but they don't have as much involvement and as much insight as Randy Meeks seems to have. Every single scene, every time he's yeah. on the screen, he's giving us something new. Like you know, he tells us the rules never have sex and then right after that we see nev campbell and skeet ulrich have sex like he yeah. sets up each of the moments yeah exactly yeah. yeah and that that whole scene too i want to talk about the whole party scene and stuff because it's mm-hmm. really fun how that all gets tied up and the movie that they're watching is basically the movie that you're watching yes. and all that kind of thing yeah halloween's a huge influence on this oh gigantic yeah and i think it definitely pays heavy tribute and respects it a lot which is cool yeah that's one of my favorites too um we should talk i mean the because this movie i'm always interested in the writer's story yeah. i'm always interested in directors and everything else but i'm always interested in the writer's story it applies to me a bit um kevin williamson hadn't like he he had spent four years in hollywood before mm-hmm. he ever sold anything okay and then that script kind of got stuck in development hell. Was he shopping around Urban Legend or this? He, well, this he hadn't even written yet. Okay. He had sold, I can't remember, The the Killing of Miss Tingle is what it's called. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he had sold that. So he had a little bit of money. But then now, you know, he's he's got at the point where he doesn't really have any money left. He can't pay his bills. And um, he was house-sitting for someone and saw this show about the Gainesville Ripper. Okay, yeah. Who was a serial killer that was in Gainesville, Florida in the in the 80s. Killed some high school students? They killed uh, mostly college kids. Okay. Uh, basically, like, I don't want to go too in detail. This isn't a serial killer podcast, but check out the what he did. It's, it's not the same as, you know, pretending to be uh, a Halloween character and uh uh calling people with voice boxes but he he did uh he did kill a lot of teenage girls basically and this got uh this got kevin williamson thinking and then he sat down with a friend and they were talking about you know their favorite horror movies and stuff and he got the idea for a movie about horror movies basically okay and then he went out into the desert uh, oh, <laughs> that's a twist. Yeah. Well, he went, he went to um, he went out to uh, the desert and, and stayed in a room and locked himself in a room for three days and uh, listened to the Halloween soundtrack. No shit. And wrote Scream. That's pretty and cool. I didn't know that. While writing Scream, wrote a five-page treaty for both Scream Two and Scream Three. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. So he just 
had his retirement and his children's retirement yeah all planned out yeah well that's the thing he knew is that having those treatments attached to the script Mm -hmm. that's i mean that's what all the big studios were looking for was another franchise Mm -hmm. nobody wanted to invest in a horror movie that was going to end and be done yeah because that just that doesn't make the money they wanted a franchise so he knew that if he threw those in at the end that he had a vision for the future it would it would help sell it dang and it started a huge bidding war in hollywood Mm -hmm. and eventually got uh you know picked up by dimension films aka the weinstein company oh steve i think before i talk about the wine yeah we should probably drink a beer I i need to booze myself up a little bit and i'm really craving a beer maybe made uh in the honor of a historic uh, melodic death metal band. Oh, Do you yeah? know if we have anything on tap for that? Mm, I don't know. What it, What is this called? This Maybe is called this will refer back to that. Blood of the Sunsets, India mm. Pale Ale. This is from the Three Floyds Brewery, who many of our listeners have been hyping up to us. Uh-huh. All Three Floyds. This is uh, an At the Gates signature. I think it's a double IPA, if I'm not okay. mistaken. A crimson IPA brewed. With a mighty blend of European and American hops and a hint of Icelandic sea salt. Icelandic sea salt? Yeah. Damn. I'm interested to find out about this. This is from the private estate of dead and lovely listener, Mean Dean Miller. Oh, Roger the Dean Notorious. Miller. The Notorious RDM. RDM. Thank you again so much for all of your wonderful beers you have gifted upon us. I've been excited to try this one ever since he uh, he landed this one on us, man. Yeah, yeah, because people have been telling us about this brewery. Yeah. I don't think I've ever tried them. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think I have. I, I might have had some of this stuff like while I was touring, but I don't remember. But the idea of a double IPA with Ooh, it sea salt good. is interesting to me. There's still a little left in here too. Cool. Let's top that off. It's got a good uh, smells like a, like a double IPA. Like a sweet smell to it. Yeah, which is not what you expect for. A, this is a 7.4. I think that's right, yeah. Not what you expect when it's high alcohol. It smells kind of brown sugary, mm-hmm. you know, and the colors is kind of medium. It's a little bit cloudy. What's that about? Is it good? Oh, buddy. Do what? That doesn't taste like an IPA, for sure. That tastes what way... It? It's very raisiny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Tastes like a red ale, maybe? And then the the aftertaste, it's kind of funny. It doesn't taste salty. No. But the, the aftertaste has that almost uh, minerally mm-hmm. taste of salt, almost mm-hmm. almost like the taste of blood or something. Honestly, yeah, you know, tastes like blood. Yeah, metal. Drink Fucking it, metal, dude. That's interesting. I do. I do. Whoa. Okay. I've had a couple drinks now. I'm starting to taste the the hops. I'm starting to taste that sort yeah. of great fruity flavor bit. to it. Yeah. What a unique and interesting beverage that is. Hmm. It almost has like an unsweet tea flavor that kind of yeah. hits you on the back. Yeah, it like kind of does. Slightly bitter. Yeah, slight bitterness. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's reminding me of something, and I'm not sure if it's the Lagunitas Prohibition Shutdown Ale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or it's if so it's good. The, the Lucky 13, which is a Mondo Red Ale. I don't think I've had that. I yeah, this has a little bit it. of that red ale quality mm-hmm. to it. Dang, that is interesting. I can't really say I've had anything like this before. No, it's unique. Yeah. It's definitely like, it smells sweet, and then that first taste is sweet, and then it gets bitterer. Yeah. bit more bitter. More bitterer. Yeah, as you drink it. Interesting. Boy, it's, yeah. Huh. Well, I always to go, like Roger. to be surprised by a beer. Yeah, me too. And this is a double IPA that tastes like this. Way to Quite go, Quite surprising. Yeah. 
So this movie was indeed financed by those piece of shit Weinstein's. Yeah, I really hate Rose McGowan was involved, and, and oh, you yeah. have to. I mean, it's hard not to acknowledge. Hard not to acknowledge. What probably happened. Yeah, but she said that this making this movie was her favorite experience ever yes. in film. So. I think this is before Harvey Weinstein's. Uh, you know. Yeah, before he'd be raping everybody. Yeah. What a piece of fucking shit. Yeah, what a piece of fucking shit. Though, uh, I, I think the good thing to know about this is that Bob Weinstein was much more involved in this film than Harvey. So just the guy that probably knew about everything Probably knew about it and never on. said anything like an okay. asshole, yeah. <laughs> so fuck him, too. Yeah, so fuck him, too. It really bums me out, man. It's like any time that I, I see... Weinstein, Weinstein's in the name of the mm-hmm. production of movie, which there's so fucking yeah. many of my favorite movies. All of Kevin movies. Smith movies. Yeah. yeah. So many, and, and fucking uh, Tarantino stuff too. Yep. Tons. Mm-hmm. You see those names and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. And you just go, I hope that none of my favorite people that are in this movie or made mm-hmm. this movie knew what was going on. I think what we're learning now is that, um, you know, and and I, I can't speak for women, so yeah. it won't. But I think as people on the outside who are supportive of the Me Too movement, sure. who think time is up, yeah, um, we have to start assessing how much we should punish others for the crimes of, say, Harvey Weinstein. Mm. Say, for instance, if you were to say, I'm going to boycott Weinstein uh, company movies because of Harvey Weinstein. Well, all those people who worked on those movies, like... They didn't do that. It wasn't right. all of them. It wasn't the hundreds of people involved in making a movie. Yeah, yeah. The grip guy probably yeah. didn't know. Yeah. And some of those people are still getting paid because you're renting it or sure. watching it streaming. Right. I like. I just don't think we can boycott things that involve so many people. Yeah. Now, if it's a stand-up comedian like Louis C.K., we can say, hey, it's not time for you to come back yet. It's not cool that you jerked off in front of people mm-hmm. that didn't want you to jerk off in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, we can say, because he's the only person involved. He's the only one affected. Right, yeah. Musicians and stuff. It's a little bit yeah. easier to, to kind of work around that. Yeah, but if we don't watch Weinstein movies, we're, we're equally punishing Rose McGowan because she was in a ton of That's them. a good point, yeah. And then she's not getting those, uh, getting those checks in the mail. Yeah, so it. like... That's I don't true. know. I don't know how far we go with um, what we boycott from sexual assaulters, but if it's if it's Bill Cosby, don't watch Bill Cosby's stand up. Like yeah. it's easy. What a piece of shit. Yeah, he's probably gonna fucking die in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, good. Did you? <laughs> somebody somebody put this on Reddit, so I'm gonna. I don't know who it was, but I'm not. I'm not stealing. Yeah, this they said it. But who would have thought 10 years ago that Bill Cosby would be in jail, Robin Williams would have killed himself, and Donald Trump would be president? Jesus Christ. Fuck. Yeah. When you put it that way. We live in the darkest timeline. (laughs) (laughs) What are the choices that we made somewhere along the story Mm. to put us in the darkest timeline? God, that's fucked up. But yeah, so the uh, Harvey Weinstein can uh, go eat shit. Yeah. Um, but other than that, let's get past the unpleasantness and move to the pleasantness of murder. <laughs> let's talk about the intro yeah. of this movie because the way that this thing kicks off, man, it's it's so unconventional in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because, you know, like we said, a lot of times whenever a movie starts off and it just dumps you straight into the plot, 
and you don't know what's going on and you don't know the characters. Mm. Sometimes, like in Mad Max Fury Road, it can be done beautifully well. Oh, and yes. you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I, I want to find out. Know. I'm, I'm going to catch I'm up. excited <laughs> yeah. shit. Exactly. And then there's other movies that kick off in the middle of whatever's going on, like like The Meg, which I saw right. recently. And you're just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know who these people and I don't are. Care. And I don't care. Yeah, yeah this is just not done right. <laughs> mm-hmm. This movie definitely does it right. And probably even the fact that, again, it's Drew Barrymore, and you feel yes. like you know that that actress right. from her life on film yeah. probably does help a lot to draw you in and make you feel like, okay, I know this person. Now what's going on? She's making some jiffy pop. She's answering the phone. Do you know the interesting thing about Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. in this is that the scene, the intro we're talking about, that I would say is iconic of Scream. Absolutely. Would have never been the same if she hadn't backed out of the project. That's what I heard. She, she was, was intended to be the final girl. Yeah, she's going to be Sydney, right? Mm-hmm. The whole way. It yeah. would have been that opening through. Yeah. But then she sort Had of backed out of the project or, or something. something. Yeah, something yeah. else came up and all she could shoot was the intro. So they had to change it to her being a different person. And it's perfect. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Again, the, the fake out, it's not the first time this has been done. I no. mean, if you've ever seen Psycho, yeah, that's the movie that invented the, oh, uh-huh. the big star is not the main character. And that one goes out. much further. Way yeah. further. Well, much further into making you believe that's the main character. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so this wasn't the first one to do it, but man, it, it does it so well and so brutally, dude. I mean, yeah. whenever she is getting murdered and she's on the phone with her parents and but her fucking voice box and stuff has oh been cut God. so all she can do is like gasp I mean that's like being in a fucking nightmare and her parents hear her dying oh it's so brutal dude it's and then so like brutal. she's hung up in a tree like just strung up like a yeah. disemboweled like yeah dude and the guts are steaming that is something that fucking had been brutal that is something that had been missing from horror for a while and that's what like like when you talk about Scream's real legacy yeah. it's the reintroduction of brutality mm-hmm in a very realistic sense. Because, yeah, yeah. like, Friday the 13th, you know... It's like could, splatter kind yeah, of stuff. It yeah, it could yeah. be brutal, but it was, like, funny. Like, yeah. oh, he just picked a person up in a sleeping bag and slammed him against a tree. Yeah. Like, he punched that feller's head off. Yeah, he punched a person's head off. Like, yeah, yeah that's not really scary. It's funny. Yeah. It's gory. But this is, like, brutal gory. Yeah, like, you exactly. feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that oh, shot no. of her hung up in the tree with her guts just hanging out yeah. and stuff. And apparently it was supposed to be way more brutal, too. Uh-huh. Like, they really... They got an X rating immediately. Yeah, yeah, they had to trim this movie way the fuck down. Apparently the only way they saved it is because... I don't know if it's Bob or Harvey, like, told him to, like, watch it as a horror yeah. or a parody. It's a horror or, parody. I'm sorry, uh, a comedy or yeah, a parody. Uh, yeah, Bob, yeah, Bob Weinstein, he, he said, no, it's it's a satire. Yeah. To say, you just need to see that it's a satire, and, and that did... Of course, that's what he said in the interview. I'll tell you what probably really happened. Yeah. Some money was exchanged. Sure. Yeah. Or some blackmail. Or some blackmail, yeah. We know. Very we know. likely. Very, very likely. Have, there is a documentary out there. I don't remember what it's called, and I wish I did, but it's about the MPAA, and basically they hired detectives to... Because the people who are on the MPAA, it's not like a well-known list. Yeah. So they hire detectives to find out who's on the MPAA no board. It's real interesting. Whoa. But they go into the history of the MPA and really go into how the MPA holds movies hostage and huh. decides who gets to succeed and not. Like, Damn. Yeah. 
fuck that's pretty people. interesting. Yeah, fuck and those people. And fuck the invention of any sort of advisory board regarding art. Oh, absolutely so. Go yeah. to hell with that. Well, that's the thing, though, is, you know, that's what we're seeing from the, the big boom of streaming stuff and stuff yeah. that's made just for streaming. You don't have to go to them. sidestep that shit. And that's why you get great stuff. Yeah, no kidding, man. Yeah, the intro of this movie is definitely absolutely fantastic. Um, you like that beer, huh? It's I really, really like this beer. It's, yeah. It is so different. Yeah, totally agree, man. Yep. And um, I even love the Jiffy Pop thing. It's like that's a great uh-huh. timer yep. of what's going on. Yeah, it lets you know, like, because this is all occurring within a short period of time. Yeah, but in a it movie, happens in real time. In a movie, you never know for sure, like, is this taking a lot of time or whatever. The Jiffy Pop keeps reminding you, okay, this is occurring over a period of maybe a couple minutes, yeah. really. And then the fire and, like. Exactly. Yeah. It builds with intensity just like everything else yeah. around it, too. Really fantastic. And two, the intro of this movie is what saved the, again, what everybody calls the scream mask, the, the ghost uh-huh. face killer mask and yeah. stuff, too. Apparently, they were scouting different locations in, like, North Carolina to and film this. And they found that mask. It was just in a in house. In a house. What the fuck? Yeah. Because, the, like, they, they were putting together masks, and if you see some of the models, they look almost like, um, like Greek uh, tragedy masks. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're real, like, big really and exaggerated thick. features. Yeah, exaggerated and features. And they do, in Scream 2, go into the Greek tragedy element of the whole Scream universe. And, and that was already one. sort of yeah. planned. Um, so I, I see why they were looking that way. But then, yeah, this mask just comes along. And they tried to make something like it. And nothing Mm-mm. nothing had the same effect. And the, finally, they were just like, well, let's buy the rights to it and show it. Yeah. <laughs> But apparently the Weinsteins were not into it. Like, they no. showed them the mask, and they're like, yeah, this is ridiculous. It's not going to work. Yeah, the Weinsteins weren't into a lot of things about this. And some of the things they were right about, and some they were wrong. Yeah. This they were wrong about. Yeah, definitely. The mask is perfect. Well, that's what they, they did, too, is they, they were like, let us at least shoot this entire intro sequence. Yeah. Let us film this entire thing, and then come back to you and see if you still don't like the mask. Mm-hmm. They filmed the entire intro of the movie and showed it to the line scenes they're like yeah yeah this is it that, that again is another smart political move because they knew they weren't gonna have drew barrymore probably to come back in and shoot it again oh well that's probably <laughs> a good point too i hadn't thought about that yeah, it's like I, well it's already done i so. do love that in the in any horror Forced movie documentary hand. where you see the politics going on in the background where yeah, it's yeah. like i mean they don't ever expressly say it in most documentaries but you can see, like, obviously Wes Craven was playing the wine scenes in a way, and the wine scenes were playing him. And, yeah, like, yeah. It's so cool. It's pretty so cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, the intro of the movie is fucking awesome. And then, like you said, you know, she's she's dead. Her boyfriend's dead. Yeah. And then the actual movie starts. Yeah, then, then scream yeah, on the screen. Yeah, like 12 like, minutes, what? 15 minutes into the movie. That's a cold open? Yeah. What? Then the titles. And it definitely sets the tone for, like, the brutality of mm-hmm. everything you're going to see. And... I will say, I wouldn't mind if the movie was more brutal. Again, apparently that's an MPA thing. Yeah. It was supposed a, to be. Their choice was for it to be very brutal. Yeah. But the MPA did not like it. Yeah. It's got some pretty decent kills and stuff in it, though. It does. My favorite is uh, Tatum's. Uh, yeah. Rose McGowan's. Okay, yeah, where she gets her head, like, closed in the in the Well, it's actually her whole body. Like, she gets halfway through. Yeah. She... <laughs> She could have fit through a dog door. Apparently. Yeah. But, like, she fights the killer, like, makes fun of the killer. Yeah. It yeah, really, yeah. like, Throws goes beer balls at, at him. Yeah. That's something that I think is cool about this, too, is, like, while you're watching the movie, you know, for the first time and you don't know who the killer is and stuff like that, killer gets his ass kicked by girls. Mm-hmm. Because that's what could happen in real life. Yes. When the killer is, like, a same-age 
male. Uh huh. You know, it's like there's no supernatural yes. element. There's nothing, nothing big going on here. Mm-hmm. And so the girls whip his ass a number of times. Yeah, actually, and Nev Campbell too. She sweeps the leg. She does. Yeah, yeah. She's a karate kid. Yeah. What do you think about the ghost face? Killer, as far as like the costume, the Ghostface is, Killer. He's yeah, yeah. good. I like Ghostface Killer. <laughs> it's great. Got yeah. some good albums. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Ghostface Killer. I like the look a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I watched all four of the Scream movies to lead up to this. Cause okay. Wow. I th- I think the I think the movie deserves to be looked at like as as a as a whole. They actually had planned five and six before Wes Craven died. He wasn't sure no if he shit. was going to do them, but yeah, he did all four. Okay, um, I was going to ask. I couldn't remember if he did all four. Yeah, he and Kevin Williamson were were involved wow. in all four. That's mm-hmm. got to be like, that's got to be one of the only times that somebody has has done that. Done that. Yeah. Yeah. In horror, at least. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty cool. I didn't it know that. Interesting. I the, what um, the script for five and six was about. Yeah, I wonder what they were going to go for. Yeah. That would have been interesting. But, like, the ghost face is, it's a great look. Mm-hmm. And especially with that bright, big knife and, like, it makes a noise whenever he sure. pulls it out and yeah. stuff. Real cool look. It all gets undercut by the fact that it's a different person every time. Yeah. That makes it less scary because you realize, yeah, like, agree. oh, anybody could put that on and look scary. Yeah, exactly. Which, in a way, though, makes it more terrifying the fact that anybody can go to party city mm-hmm. and get that costume and be yeah you know the ghost face killer and stuff yeah. i think it makes it a little bit more menacing mm-hmm. but yeah i know what you mean it's not like where you have jason in every movie or mike myers in every movie mm-hmm. and it's the guy and it's the suit and it's the history you have yeah. with them and all this kind of stuff yeah because like at the end of like when scream 2 came out i remember thinking what would it be about right because the killers died yeah 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 and and honestly all the sequels aren't great. Scream Two yeah. is maybe the better of the the other three. I watched it last night. Did you? Did yeah. how did you feel about it? It was it was okay. Okay, yeah. exactly. I was like okay with it. It's got Timothy Oliphant as a, as a young man in it, so that's cool. which one is he? He's one of the killers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know the guy you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah, I thought it was it was it was fine. Yeah. It was. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Have you seen three or four? I have. Again, whenever Brandon showed me all these movies, we yeah. watched all of them. I don't remember anything about them. Yeah. Three, I watched two, and I was like, I remember parts of this. Three is ridiculous. Is I it not good? Feel. It's not bad. Like, that's the thing about all of them is that they're not bad. They're just yeah. ridiculous. Too many twists, too many turns. Four, I think, has a real good meta, meta, meta element to it. Okay. <laughs> like, the opening of four, I really liked. It's kind of downhill from there, but it does have Emma Roberts in it, which is always a okay, plus for yeah, a movie because awesome. she's a great actress. She's also fun to look at because mm-hmm. she's got that pretty on her face. Yeah. Uh, it also has Hayden, Hayden Panettiere in oh, it, okay, and she's yeah. really good in it. Like, yeah, she's good, man. She's great. I but like she she's specifically good in Scream Four, but Scream Scream Three, it's it's about the making of the movie about the movie. You know how like, you know how the second <laughs> okay. one starts with they go to see Stab, which is the movie about the events of the first movie. Yeah. Well, that part, takes place in the universe that the movie takes place in. Yeah, exactly. In part three, they're making Stab Part Three, and it 
all basically takes place on the set of the movie. And the set of the movie is the basically all the houses from the first movie. I'm imagining that right now you're Wes Craven and you're pitching this to me, a big producer. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, buy that. I don't know. Yeah, nobody this. would buy that. <laughs> nobody would buy that. That's the thing that, that like, <laughs> nobody would purchase that movie. And that's why everybody was like, well, obviously, no Scream 4. And then Scream 4 didn't come out for like, you know, 11 years. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah. Dang, man. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go back and watch them. I got like the box set. Okay. So yeah. I've got no reason not to. Man, check out Scream 4 again. I thought my uh, Emily didn't like it. I don't think it's a great movie, yeah. but I think. I think that intro, and I think the fun that it has with itself, is worth the watch at least. Okay. Yeah. Now I won't lie. Like so far, we've been talking about how much we we love this movie, and mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. It's not perfect though. No, it's not perfect. There's some stuff There's in this some movie. Weird stuff that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, you know, for all the references and stuff that this movie makes, there's times that it almost plays like an episode of Family Guy. Yes. Hey, you remember the time when remember this happened? The time, yeah. Remember when this happened? It's like, golly, there's a lot of... It's almost like a damn Gilmore Girls episode yeah. where it's just like, man, these people just love to talk about trivia about stuff. I love stuff. Gilmore Girls. We should, <laughs> yeah. Listen, if there wasn't already a Gilmore Guys podcast, yeah. I would start it. That's I would a great probably show. be But yes, it. you're yeah. right. That is how they talk. Yeah. Um, also, I would say that almost every line in the movie is exposition. Like, even yeah. up to the end. Almost every line is Good just point. explaining the motivations or explaining what's happening. Very much, yeah. And very little of its character development or anything. But I think I think that is a conscious choice of a meta element of like everybody in horror movies is kind of shallow and, and there's not much to them. Yeah. I think like, I, I do believe Kevin Williamson wrote what could be considered like a perfect meta horror script. Because oh, dude. all elements of it are meta. Even the elements that you dislike about it are meta. <laughs> Wait until you hear my theory about this movie. Oh, good. Then I'm it's excited. Gonna pu- it's going to push you way over the fucking oh, cliff. Awesome. And this movie does have some cool um, references in them. Some of them very overt. Oh, there's so many. I mean, the fact that he's named you know Billy Loomis. Yeah, Loomis from, from Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty obvious ones. But also, too, stuff like Rose McGowan. Do you notice what car she drives? Mm-mm. She drives a red Volkswagen Beetle. Oh. That's the same car that uh, uh, Jack Torrance drives in The Shining. Holy in the, shit. In the book, not in the movie. That is, that is a deep reference. Though. Yeah. But I, I have to think that it's a, I have to think that that was on purpose. Here, like, here's some of the movies that are directly mentioned in the film. Okay. The Howling. Yes. Terror Train. Halloween. Friday the 13th. Carrie. The Exorcist. Psycho. The Evil Dead, Hellraiser, Prom Night, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Silence of the Lambs, and The Town That Dreaded Sudden Death. That is a lot. That is only... Those are the ones that are either named specifically or a a line or quote directly from them. There are also tons of different like uh, like side uh, uh, references to movies. So like, as you were just saying, you know... Or Billy Loomis, etc. Like this movie is like steeped in horror. Yeah, definitely so, man. And like I said, maybe a little too overtly so at times. Yeah. Where it's just like, golly, we it's get it. Too you much. know stuff about horror movies. But the whole town seems to know stuff about horror. Movies. <laughs> that whole town, dude. Again, like I was the saying town earlier, that like, loves horror. I want to go hang out at this yeah, fucking place. Great. They'd probably love our show. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah, I would think I would think so. They would probably actually be like, huh, noobs. But there's a lot of stuff too, you know, as far as like the population of this town goes, where they find clever ways to make the population of this town do stuff. Like when the curfew is enacted, that's why everybody wants to go to the movie store. Yeah. That's why everybody wants to rent movies and stuff yeah, and have a party have and watch home. movies. Yeah, because yeah, you have to stay home. And it's like even later on, whenever the principal gets killed, it's like that's why all the people have to leave the party. Yeah. Like they do a good job of directing this town full of people uh-huh. in somewhat logical, believable ways. Yeah. There is um there there's a meta element to this that is a little I don't even know that this could have been included in the original script yeah. or if it was just like some freakish future site that Kevin Williamson had. But the town where they shot found out that they were shooting a horror movie and there was a town debate about horror movies and violence and whether horror movies cause people to become violent. Really? Which is what the movie is about. <laughs> That's awesomely meta. That is insanely meta. Like how? What? How could you know that was gonna? Like, there's no way he knew. Yeah. He just wrote that. That's awesome. And then people were like, you know, happy I guess, accident. Happy accident. <laughs> yeah. We also think that's true. I think I'm gonna retroactively say that there should be a drinking game with this episode where every time we say meta, you yeah. do a shot. Mm-hmm. Unless we're talking about Meta World Peace, aka Ron Artest, or the album Meta by Carbomb. If we're talking about the album Meta by Carbomb, first off, I will not know what we're talking about. But don't drink then. No, don't do it then. Just go listen to that record because that is one of the most phenomenally punishing albums of all time. Oh my God, that record is unbelievable, dude. All right. Holy shit. You like... You like real chaotic, crazy shit yes, like I do. Dillinger Escape Plan. Yes, I love Dude, Dillinger Escape Plan. fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Pump that record on your way okay. home. It's flawless. Okay, so one of the cool things about this movie is that, one of the big twists, is that there's two killers. Yeah. There's not one. Yeah. There's not a one, dose. but two. Which is really well played. It is. You don't expect that. And that, they use that to their advantage. Yeah. So, like, uh, there's the um, part where we see... Matthew Lillard, uh, Stu? Yeah, Stu. Stu. We see him in the house, and then it cuts to out in the garage Yeah, where Tatum gets killed. Uh, So it's like, oh, well, it can't be Stu. And then also there's a kill that happens while Stu is in the... Uh, in prison or in jail. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, it can't be Billy. Yeah, it can't be Billy. So... And then also, Billy gets killed later in the movie, and you're like, oh, it's definitely not him. He just got fucking murdered by Ghostface Killer. Yeah, we just saw it happen. Yeah, and you know, even that scene where they, you know they fake his death, uh-huh. it's so cool too. Because did you notice how even just the way the camera is positioned, you never see him get stabbed. No, his yeah, they back. do good like angles and stuff. Like, yeah, but it's, it's him like they studied a horror movie, concert blood on. Yeah, him. exactly. They studied a horror movie and they were like, oh, "That's how they do that. Yeah, that's how we'll do it." Exactly. I do have a problem with their plan, though. Okay, tell me about it. There, there's no way that. If if that was their plan yeah. for him to have sex with Sydney and then yes. to be pretend killed, yeah, how would they know that was going to happen? E, okay, yeah, because <laughs> Sydney up to that point had not had sex with him. Well, I was wondering if like how did he let him know? Okay, time to come up here and kill me now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, what, so that had to be part of the plan. Like, I'll have sex with Sydney and then you'll pretend to kill me. It'll last approximately one minute and thirty six seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Take me another thirty to put my pants back on, and then you minutes. bust in. Yeah. Kill me. Boom. 
Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not like you could have texted them or anything like that. Yeah, even though, even though they do have cell phones in this movie, yeah. and this is one, I think, probably the first significant horror movie that uses, use cell phones. introduces, yeah. and allows cell phones to be a part of this, the entire It's got to be, yeah. And, and because texting doesn't exist, yeah. because it ha- would have to be a phone call, you know that they didn't talk directly about it. So, and, and, um, Billy had just come from killing Tatum when he goes to, and has sex with her. So like, when, I feel like he'd be a bit tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> about time to go to bed. Yeah, like, oh, oh, you want to have sex? Okay, hold on. Oh, oh. deep breathing, deep breathing. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> more, more on the sex in this movie later. Yeah. I want to dig into this because there's some really strange things I've thought about about that yeah but yeah the whole two killer thing is is planned out really well and it's even fun to go through and rewatch the movie and try to figure out who is killing who yes during a lot of those scenes. yeah i did i did like tr- find myself like okay which one is this now yeah like you know when it's sydney in the bathroom that it's probably not billy because she had just run into billy in the hall yeah but it could still be billy and then who kills the principal like, okay yeah yeah, yeah exactly like, like There's a few things time, like, like whenever they get like hit, you'll hear one or two times it's clearly Matthew Lillard. Yes, like yeah, you can definitely sure. tell. He's taller than him too. You would I was think. gonna say. There's but a of major course, everyone who sees him gets killed, so it's not gonna really matter much. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, but it's fun to watch with that perspective and just try to figure out who's doing it the whole mm-hmm. time. So let's think about the stuff that that the Fonz does in this movie because mm-hmm. he seems real unhinged. He does. <laughs> He does. He threatens a couple of kids with scissors. Yeah. He's waving scissors around. Yeah. I also really like that part where he's like, hey, Sydney, girl who's been through major, major trauma in the last year. Let's pull you into my office and have you questioned by these policemen and let me caress your face. That's weird. (laughs) That's not right. No. That's not how that works. Is the, I mean, is this the return of Henry Winkler, though? I mean, Henry Winkler, not that he had gone completely out of the eye. He had been do, doing stuff since Happy Days. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like this is the rem- remembrance that Henry Winkler's awesome because then yeah. after this, he gets like Waterboy and again, right. plays weird. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing about him since the Fonz is that his real significant roles have been him playing weird, him in Arrested Development as like the obviously incompetent lawyer who has a thing for transsexual prostitutes <laughs> and also is a homophobe. Like, <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, like he, he's been doing, I think this movie brought him back. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Did you catch the Fonzie jacket in the closet? I didn't see that. Yeah. What? Yeah, whenever he like opens up his closet and his Wait, officer's totally a leather Fonzie jacket. Did he have both jacket. of them? Did, he ha- did you know this about Happy Days that in the first season they were worried about him having a leather jacket and standing next to a motorcycle so he wore a members only jacket okay a listen, baby blue members only so jacket it's so funny you mentioned this we went over to uh Kate's parents house the other day to to hang out with them for a little while and they were watching the pilot episode of, of happy, happy days, days. yeah gary and marshall dude like fonz hardly talks at all he's yeah. damn near silent bob uh-huh. and then when he does talk he offers like insight and shit like this it's very Silent Bob. Yeah. Again, he wasn't wearing the jacket. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Who's like this members guy? only yeah. jacket shit. And I'll also say, I was really surprised by how racy it was. 
Yeah. Have you ever watched the pilot episode? Um, I've probably seen it, but not in a long time. I mean, there's there's like a whole section in there where, um, uh, fuck, what's Ron Howard's character's name? Uh, uh, Richie. Richie, yeah, yeah, Richie Cunningham. Him and like Potsy have this like thing where Potsy's like teaching him how to like unhook a girl's bra and stuff. Okay, I did see that because that's how I learned how to unhook a bra. There you go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's actually like surprisingly pretty racy. It is, yeah. Yeah. Gary Marshall. (laughs) He didn't care much for for the norms of the time. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to push it. It's a good show. Yeah. Enjoyable. There was the episode where there was a black drummer... Oh. All the kids' parents didn't want them to go to a party because he was going to be there. Look out. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the two killers thing is really cool. I, I'm sure other horror movies have done it up to surely. this point. I can't, yeah, think, I can't think of any in particular. Though... I mean, Black Christmas, it's like Black really... Black Christmas, maybe. And we had that theory about the first Friday the 13th. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. May, maybe those. It could be. And another complaint about this while we're on the um, the subject of the killers... There's a lot of like appearances of Ghostface Killer mm-hmm. throughout the movie that you can tell were definitely added in. I really like every time you say Ghostface Killer, I'm like, the is that what they were thinking? Because he was, our, I mean, he was already he's already famous famed. rapper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not I really probably sure. just yeah. It was probably a bunch of white people. I had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, <laughs> but like the scene where he appears in the bathroom stall, mm-hmm. completely pointless. Yeah, uh, Sydney runs out. Doesn't tell anybody. She passes uh, by like an adult right away. Doesn't yeah. tell fucking anybody. Yo, he's in there. The killer. Go, like, go catch that guy. At that point. When she goes out of the door, she could have locked the door. Yeah. Or if it's a pull door, just be like, hey, adult, help me hold yeah. this door closed. And let's call and get help and trap uh, this killer in here. And even if the adult had been like, what is this, some sort of prank? You just open the door and be like, no, no he's that guy right with there. Knife. See <laughs> like, him? Yeah. Yeah. That's lame. Uh, the killer appearing in the grocery store is lame. Yeah, in that's full costume? real lame. Full in a costume grocery store? in a grocery store, like everybody would have seen him. Yeah, and then also too that scene where it shows him like watching him from the woods, mm-hmm. watching uh, Sydney and Tatum. Yeah, and he's like in the woods in the costume. Yeah. Here's the thing: considering that none none of the main characters in this movie know who the killer is, you could just be you could just be just yourself. be Billy or Stu. Yeah. And to be in the grocery store. Yeah. It's really pointless. Yeah, just cut just cut those moments and you, you cut out that ridiculous yeah. element. Or, yeah. I mean, just have them stalking them in plain sight. And yeah. they run into them like, oh, Stu, what are you doing? Or, oh, oh hey, hey, I didn't see you. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, it didn't have to. Like, why would you wear the full costume? Yeah. Makes no sense. I want to go back, actually, to Ghostface Killer, uh, the killer, uh, the the look, yeah. and say I like the fact that it just looks like a Halloween costume. Me too. Now, I know some people put a lot of effort into that like overall black thing, but the effort they put into it was to make it look like a cheap Halloween yeah, costume. Spirit like, of Halloween. When he's in the bathroom and he lowers it, it has that like triangular cut, bo- like the jagged cut bottom that oh, you get from right. cheap Halloween costumes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it totally doesn't look like something that a high school student mm. couldn't just go out and buy. Yeah. Which I do enjoy very yeah, much. That was a good costume design for sure. Now, Steve, I want to tell you about my theory. I want to hear this. About this movie. Yeah. Now, of course, again, everybody recognizes this movie as being the, the super meta thing where, you know... At this point in time, horror movies were a joke. Yes. They were a joke. Uh, Again, like you said, we had all the yuck, yuck, uh, slasher killer stuff. It's like every trope had been played out. And even throughout the movie, 
you know, whenever the characters of the movie point out stuff that usually happens in horror movies, it's like they're thinking what you're thinking. Yes. And all the stuff you're thinking, like don't run upstairs, don't do this, don't do that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Which is, is really smart because if you're a horror fan and you're in theaters watching this movie the first time, you're like, Oh yeah, here comes a gratuitous. Oh yeah, he just said it. Here comes a gratuitous tip yeah. shot. Like so, it, it catches you off guard, and you're like, okay, well, I'll, uh, he knows that. Yeah, exactly. So like, cool. I don't have anything new to say here. I'll just pay attention, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I have an idea that this movie is even more hyper ultra meta. Okay. Than what people think. Let's hear it. So my idea in this movie. Now we've talked about. Um, we talked a little bit about like lucid dreaming and stuff in the past where like you realize you're in a dream and suddenly you can flip out and do whatever you want. I have my grocery store dream. I've talked sure. about many mm-hmm. times where I have a dream. I'm in a grocery store. I realize I'm dreaming. And so I just start trashing the store and wrecking Might it and stuff well. like this. Might as well. be fun. I think what's going on with this movie is that this movie was actually meant to be like, let's say a very touching, tender lifetime channel drama. Uh-huh. And the character of Billy Loomis suddenly woke up and realized he's in a movie. Oh, shit. And decided, <laughs> shit, th- none of this is real. This is a movie. Yeah. I'm going to make it into a horror movie. I'd like movie. to see that intro where he just wakes up in his bed and he's like, wait a second. What's with this lighting? Yeah. Why am I having got makeup on? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've woken up and I look great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that he's woke as fuck. Okay. And decided to make <laughs> the movie that he's in. Woke. Yeah. <laughs> I think he he decided to make this movie that he just woke up in mm-hmm. into a horror movie. I think that this movie was actually supposed to be about Sidney Prescott, who's mm-hmm. mourning the loss of her mother. Her dad's gone all the time. Her family has dissolved. She has a relationship with, with Billy, mm-hmm. you know, to try to get her through these, these trying times and late high school times and all this stuff. And then somewhere over the course of the movie, they find out that, you know, oh, man, uh, Sidney's mom... You know, was apparently quite promiscuous mm-hmm. and ended up breaking up Billy's parents' marriage right. and all this stuff. And it's it's about their hardships and right. family and yada yada. I think that's how the story was originally supposed to go. Right. But then Billy woke up in a movie and yeah. was like, I'm just going to trash the place. When you watch it with this idea mm-hmm. in mind, it's so fun. <laughs> It's so fun to watch the movie with this. And my, like, I'd totally advise you to go back and okay. rewatch it thinking Billy figured out that he's in a, a movie. Shot, yeah. Because that's the thing is like all throughout the whole movie, he's constantly making references. Like he's the one that's making the most meta references where he's yeah. talking about like, can we have a, a PG 13 or an R rated or an NC 17 relationship? Uh, she's talking about like, I wish I could choose what movie my life was. Right. The camera pans on his face and he's like, it's all a big movie. He's like, yeah. it's all one movie. Holy shit. I didn't like, think about that Like, he knows he's all. in a movie. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And, like, the, he drags Stu in to his plan. Yeah. Stu is just some side character. Yeah. Stu, has, Stu has no motivation. He's like, I have no reason to be doing this. Yeah, so might as well. And even when you get down to it, too, it also solves a lot of the little plot holes in the movie that people point out. Stuff about, like, why did they wait until the very end to kill Sydney, Or why didn't they kill her when they had the chance earlier on and everything? It's because they were trying to create a final girl. They were trying to make a perfect horror movie oh, shit. narrative for the viewers that they knew were watching the movie. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's amazing. I like that yeah. idea. So it's actually hyper meta. It's like as meta as possible. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. 
that's my idea about what's actually going like on with it. this movie. I and like that a it's lot. It's really fun to watch with that in yeah. mind. <laughs> that's really cool. I will say on a serious note too, like the motivations of of the killers. Let's uh-huh. talk about that a little bit because yeah. you know, Billy it's kind of revealed that he has this motivation of, yeah, you know, Sydney's wife Mm -hmm. or sorry, Sydney's mom, like busted up his parents' marriage and all this kind of stuff. And, um, then Stu, you know, his whole thing was, he's like, well, it's scarier if you don't have a motivation. Yeah, it is, which it is actually. But then we do find out that Billy has a motivation. Yeah. Which kind of, it undercut like so that means Stu doesn't have a motivation well, that means, at all. That, that's You're how, right. I mean, that's that how Billy got him in. He's like, yeah. He, he, Stu's like, why would I do this? And he's like, don't think about it. And uh, killers don't have to have motivations. Yeah. And he was like, okay, I'm okay. a character in a movie. I'll do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly like that. But you know, even Stu having a lack of like reason to do it kind of reminded me of Rope, the Hitchcock flick. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that? Yeah. Uh, where it's just basically two like elite dudes in the social circle yeah. that. Kill somebody just to prove that they can. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of remind me of that a little bit. Yeah. I I would say that uh, I like the idea that they don't need motivation, and I like the idea that one of them doesn't need motivation and the other one has it. Yeah. Which indicates who's really in in charge here. Oh, yeah. It's a Leopold and Loeb situation. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I even kind of get the impression too that in that that last like kitchen scene where you know Billy's talking about his motivations, mm-hmm. it seems to kind of take Stu by surprise. Yeah, he didn't know that. Yeah, he hadn't heard it. And I think he kind of realized that he might be a little bit in over his head, and that mm-hmm. Billy is murdering a people psycho. didn't like make him think I'm over my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like murdering people for a reason. He was like, wait, Whoa, what? what? Why? Now? What? And I even think that scene like where they're they're stabbing each other, like hide. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. who was dying and all yeah. this kind of stuff. It even kind of seems like Billy intentionally like tries to kill him. Yeah, he's going. He's trying to kill him. He's yeah. trying to eliminate the last witness of his actual crimes. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah Stu's being played the I whole time. I wonder how he was going to explain the uh, fake blood on his shirt. I guess I know. It was, I thought about that. Yeah, maybe it could be like oh, it was a prank, and then I actually got like attacked. <laughs> I really did get killed too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really understand that either. <laughs> it's, well, a little, it's a little strange. There's one major thing we haven't talked about yet. Okay. We have to talk about, and that is Randy Meek's rules. Okay, yeah, the for rules a horror movie. of a horror movie that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink or do drugs. Okay, kind of like how Laurie Strode like smoked, smoked pot. Weed. Yeah, and didn't die. Yeah. And and how tons of uh, the early Friday the 13th characters, the final girls, would drink. Yeah, or smoke true. weed or whatever. Yeah. Um, don't have sex. Which that happens is, in a lot. It happens in a lot of those early... Sli- like, these rules don't fit. They're not right. I think the what these rules fit is the later 80s formulaic slasher. Mm-hmm. But they don't fit with the earlier movies that they keep referencing. They don't fit with um, Prom Night or, you know... Um, Halloween yeah. or any of those things. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of like going back to uh, what movie was it that we were talking about? The trope of the black guy always dies. I think it was on the, on the yeah, Get yeah. Out episode. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the black guy always dies. Also, like a million other people die too. Yeah, the black guy doesn't normally die first, actually. It's only in about 50% of movies that a, a black character dies first, which is high yeah. for the number of characters that are black in a movie. Right. But 
it is not it is not a different mortality rate than than white characters right um and they they don't mention that in this movie but the second movie starts with the black characters dying first which is obviously a reference to that yeah oh, and they're and they're talking about how black people are underrepresented yeah. in more movies and stuff and like they are that. yeah that's absolutely oh, obviously true. yeah yeah so uh the rules that randy set up don't fit all horror movies they just fit right. some like cheesy real simple paint by numbers horror yeah. movies the really stereotypical the ones. one that he says though that i think may be true for all horror movies is if you say i'll be right back you probably won't be right back mm-hmm. you're probably like if you're like i'm just gonna hop over to the shed real quick dead yeah like, yeah like, definitely like, happening that third rule pretty much works except in this movie yeah where the character who says i'll be right back doesn't get killed until much later right so i don't know i understand kevin williamson's decision to put the rules in and even then you can say well the character has a flawed understanding of horror movies Mm -hmm. so you, you don't even have to put it on the writer but i just don't think those rules apply really to slasher True. films in general. No, I can't disagree with you, really. I mean, there's there's a few that I think do abide by that, mm-hmm. like um, like Nancy in the first uh, Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's, she's she pretty nobody. virginal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but overall, you're right. It's the kind of thing where that's a stereotype, but it's not often yeah it's not it's just in, it's just there are probably some specific instances that stick out in people's heads but mostly that's not the case yeah mm-hmm. i gotta say too though that scene after he kind of gives the rules of of horror mm-hmm. movies and stuff i love how ridiculously you know it's like looking into a mirror looking to a mirror looking to a mirror mm-hmm. all that shit gets where you know basically the the scene that we see is jamie kennedy is watching Jamie Halloween. Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, saying, Jamie, look out behind you. Which is very meta. Which is his, his name, name is Jamie. In real life, yeah. And he's speaking the actor's name to yeah. the actor. So, like, it is meta in that sense. Yeah. Not intentional, I assume. And then, also, he's saying that as the killer is actually right behind him. Yeah. Turn around. Like, it, like... This movie constantly reminds you that the things you think you would do if you were in a horror movie are not the things you would do in real life. Sure, yeah. So why would you expect the people in the movie to do those things? Because nobody in real life would be expecting constantly to be killed. Right, yeah, exactly. And then that's being watched on that spy camera Mm -hmm. by the people out in the van. Yes. And we're watching that all on TV uh-huh. saying the same thing look out behind you <laughs> Jesus like it's it's uh you know it's it's a real so traducan it's a traducan yeah. situation it is yeah <laughs> and I love too like that that whole scene and the way that you know the kids are watching the original Halloween and stuff on mm-hmm. TV and the movie is still playing as shit starts to like kind of come apart and everybody starts getting murdered and stuff like this and you got those scenes where like later on whenever it's Billy walking around the house by himself and it's being narrated by the Halloween soundtrack. Yeah. Like using all the musical cues from Halloween. Uh-huh. It's so cool. And it also reminds you, too, as a viewer that's, you know, probably at that time lost faith in horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's also reminding you of how fucking great those old movies still are. Yeah. I think that's what was needed at the time. Absolutely. Was that, especially in the 90s. Every Like, Generation X, don't worry out there. I'm not talking shit about you i guess i technically could fall into generation x or millennial um 
but the Generation X, well known for being, uh, you know, kind of done with it, mm-hmm. over the world, super super sarcastic. Uh, they know everything that there is to know, I, and so this movie like played on that Generation X feeling of you know everything there is to know. Well, you don't know this. Right. <laughs> like, that's we true. know you know. Yeah. That's what we're doing that's different, is that we know you know everything. Right. So we're playing on that. I dig it. Yeah. I also dig this. I want to have one last, one last brew I, I'm here, with you, Steve. Buddy. I want to have this. Who makes it? Sierra Nevada? Uh, No, Sweetwater. Sweetwater. It's a mosaic. Mosaic. Single hop, hazy IPA. This is a seasonal thing that they do, and mm-hmm. I've been posting about it on. I, I don't know how many people if it's if it's because Sweetwater is everywhere. Yeah, but I don't know if their limited releases get everywhere. But this, dude, if you find it, fucking get it. Yeah, get it. It's great. It's so good. If you're looking man. for a good ten dollars six pack, you got one right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really fantastic. It's got that kind of kind of funky. It's a little citrusy thing yeah. going on. It's a single hop, so it's only using the mosaic hops, which are. Uh, known for their sort of fruit punch, maybe characteristics. See that, but it's still like kind of funky. It's mm-hmm. not too sweet. God, yeah. I love it so much, man. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's good stuff. Now, one thing I was thinking about with this flick is the, as many horror movies do, the 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 sexual undercurrent of yeah. this movie. Tell me about it. Okay, so at first glance, you watch this flick and you think about it, and you're like, okay, Sydney. Has sex with Billy, mm-hmm. who just murdered her best friend, and then also, then turns around and is going to be you know trying to murder her mm-hmm. shortly. So she's being murdered by this guy that like she just had sex with for the first time. Yeah, that's really really fucked up, ultra damaging yeah. stuff. It's maybe even implied that maybe that was her first time. It does maybe? seem to be. It does seem to be. It's definitely their first time, but it does seem to be her first time as well. Yeah. She and like the cool, interesting, weird thing about that is that immediately after having sex, she asks him a question and suddenly gets suspicious of him. Right. Yeah. Like even more suspicious than she was before. So yeah. like it's like that the sex opened up and something in her head where she realized <laughs> like Wait like I, I'm assuming he's he's bad at sex or something. Like he's not. Like, he's not a giving lover. Maybe uh-huh. she started to realize, like, oh, this guy's obsessed with himself. Oh, okay, only thinks about himself. I got you. And that's why... Because she, she like, immediately who, seems... Who'd you call when you're in jail exactly. or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. Like, she immediately seems suspicious because, like, she she's just now learned, like, oh, he doesn't care about me. Oh. That's, yeah. good. that's a good point. Mm. That's interesting. But, you know, it's like, when you think about the shit that she's been through, it's like, okay, my mom was fucking murdered, and then I banged the guy that, I guess, murdered her... And then he tried to kill me. Yeah. But let's let's peel it back a little bit more, too. Okay. Not only was her mom murdered, uh, she was raped she and was murdered. She was raped and murdered, yeah. I don't think Stu was the one doing any raping. He seems mm, he seems too hapless. Billy seems to be the rapist. Billy seems to be the rapist. Yeah. Which would mean... Okay, Nev Campbell fucked a guy that, that fucked raped her, her mother mom and murdered her. And murdered her. Yeah. And also, this means that Billy fucked a lady that fucked his dad? Yeah. <laughs> it does mean that. That's, it does mean that. That's real gross. It is. Now, it's I real wa- gross. I want to add a second element to the sex sexual undertone of this. Yeah. And tell you this. 
Stu's in love with Billy. I can see that. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Stu seems only uh, secondarily interested in girls, and that is seemingly only to impress others. He yeah. doesn't seem to be into his girlfriend, who is a, a very attractive yeah. Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he he doesn't seem to be into it, but every time Billy talks, he's just staring at him. That's true. And then, this is my real proof that I think something's going on, is the penetration scene. Something where bad. they're stabbing each other. He's like, give it to me, baby. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Stu's in love with Billy. And Billy wow. recognized that Stu was in love with him yeah. and knew he could manipulate him. You might be you might be correct about yeah. that. I mean, we'll never know because they couldn't go into it because they were dead. Yeah. But I, they might even mention that in one of the future. Like, I think Randy might say something about that in the second one or something. But like, it doesn't it doesn't ever go into it. But I think there is some implied sexual relationship, at the very least, sexual attraction sure. between Stu and Billy. That's funny, man. Yeah. And and again, maybe maybe that's also in the lifetime movie that this was supposed to be right. starting as. Where Billy like woke up and noticed he was in a movie and then went to school and he like noticed Stu just keeps staring at me every time I talk and he does not seem to be in his into his girlfriend like I think that would be part of the lifetime movie where it's like, you know, Sydney realizes that her boyfriend's best friend Mm-hmm. Is actually in love with him. What? Yeah, that would be like a great little side story in this. Next week on Lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that makes sense even yeah. when you look at it in that narrative. It does. That's pretty fucking funny. And he used it. Billy used uh, Stu's attraction to him to to get him to do whatever he wanted mm-hmm. to. Just come on, come on, man, kill somebody with me. Yep. It'll be sick. Yeah, and and as you said, Stu was excited basically for the stab yeah and then billy was like calculated about it no okay so be careful stab to the side etc like, yeah 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 that's funny hmm? now in addition to the sequels this spawned um a, a somewhat well-known parody yeah it's called is it a movie called scurry, scurry movie. movie that's it scurry movie yeah here's the thing about scary movie that i think we all need to recognize talking about because i ain't never seen it well you didn't miss anything but somebody out there listening right now is like, what scary movie's hilarious? Sure. Here's why you're wrong. Um, <laughs> scary movie, first off, is the original title of Scream. Right. The original title of this was Scary Movie. It's the thing that everybody who was looking at the script thinking of buying it saw. Mm-hmm. So the people who made Scary Movie already knew that the title of Scream was Scary Movie. Sure. And they decided to use it. Already... Okay, I see you're referencing Scream, but you're you really... your movie an industry joke. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Then, everything that is a joke in Scary Movie is really just a slight amplification of what happens in Scream. Like, okay. nothing is, is a... too over the top. Well, some of the things are from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Sure. But nothing is uh, too over the top. The only thing that I think in Scary Movie that I find really funny still is the fact that they make her dad a drug dealer. And that's exactly what <laughs> I kind of thought the first time I saw it. Because right. he's like a businessman, but when he shows up at the door, he's wearing like Walmart clothes. Totally, yeah. And it looks like the guy who sells your uncle Coke. 
Totally. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he's the guy that when you see him at a party full of uh, 20-somethings, you're like, why is he here? Why is he here? And then you find like, out. Oh, he's getting everybody. Oh, he's yeah, a yeah. cocaine yeah. dealer. Yeah. Like, that's the only joke in it. Every other joke in it, by the way, the thing that I guess Scary Movie saw that I also see is that uh, the Stu character is in love with Billy. Okay, so they address that in there. Yeah. Huh. But again, all of this is just in the movie. Yeah, they didn't right add anything to it. I don't mm. get a lot of those parodies. Like, Airplane, I get. It was parodying Fuck. Airport yeah. and a lot of other action movies. But uh, Scary Movie really just it was like, well, it's just Scream, but with some uh, segments of I Know What You Did Last Summer thrown in every okay. once in a while. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't play well. It's full of references. This movie, Scream, is full of references, but Scary Movie is full of references that you're not going to get unless you lived as a, a pretty conscious person at the time. Like, you're not going to know that Carmen Electra dated Dennis Rodman and that that's who right. she's referring to okay. when she makes a joke at the beginning. Uh, I mean, the joke when she gets stabbed that she's got breast implants. Like, okay, ha. Huh. Yeah. The, she stabbed her breast implant. Got it. Like, it's really <laughs> like the jokes are for kids, and the the story is what I think makes people remember it as good because the story is Scream. Right, yeah. You know, people remember it as good because the story You've of Scream is good. Yeah. But the story of Scary Movie is just the story of Scream, and Anna Ferris is legitimately hilarious. So, okay. Score is scre scary, scurry movie. Scurry. Has some good elements, but like, go back and watch it if you still think it's funny. I will. Uh, I'll listen to you. But otherwise, I'm telling you, it's not. It's just <laughs> not, not that, that funny. But you know what? Scream is is really fucking good. I enjoyed mm. this movie very much, and uh, it's fun getting to to watch these movies through a more critical lens and mm -hmm. analyze a bunch of stuff about them uh, for the show and everything. Yeah, that beer's good, right? Man, that mosaic. It's fantastic. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, it's real light. Surprisingly, yeah. yeah. Totally. Where do you think you sit on this movie? What's your final thoughts and evaluations right. and rating on this some bitch? Okay, so we, we've talked about the negatives, and it's hard uh, for me to say those negatives are too bad because, as I said while we were talking about them, most of those, I think, are a product of the meta nature of the movie. Yeah. That, you know, stews too over the top or, you know, certain characters are kind of uh, dumb in a way that you wouldn't want to be around them like Randy Meeks. I would not want to be around a guy who does that stupid impression he does of oh yeah whatever oh, so annoying you truly ate her liver uh, her kidneys with some fava beans like yeah what Ugh. who was he i know that I was understand. probably a reference to silence of the lambs but who was he doing <laughs> yeah, an impression what of? was that yeah yeah um uh, despite those things and despite the fact that the killer shows up in scenes where he shouldn't i still think this is a really great well done movie well acted I don't like a lot of what came after it. Sure, but that's not that's not Scream's fault. That's kind of, that's kind of like I, I I don't know. I, I guess I would kind of equate it to you know coming coming into the new millennium, mm -hmm. all kinds of music was like super electronic and auto tune yeah. and drum yeah. machines and blah blah blah, mm -hmm. and then you get a couple of bands like let's say. The White Stripes. That, that, well, I was even thinking, like, let's say the Avett Brothers. Oh, okay. Oh, we're like, taking later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, oh, wow, okay. We're back to people playing acoustic instruments. Yeah. Singing songs that they wrote. Right. It's not all covered in auto-tune and blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, my God. Here's something that's actually natural and human. Yeah. There's hope. 
But then it's like everything that fucking followed in that wake is just yeah. annoying, god-awful fucking wagon wheel the garbage. Thing, the thing to do, definitely, is look to the past for inspiration and look to the past for, you know, some idea of what you should do. It's not to look at what is successful right now and copy it as best as you can. Right. That's not the way to make good music or to make a good movie. Sure. But again... Scream did it first. Scream did it best. Yeah. And all those other movies don't have any effect on, on what I think about Scream. So when, when people miss the point of something, sometimes it's just so hilariously bad where it's like even after, like let's say the misfits and stuff, mm-hmm. right? People are like, oh, cool. I don't even have to tune the guitar. Got it. That's it's not, like, no, yeah, that's, that's not, not the why the misfits point. are awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't even have to try. All right. Got it. Yeah. No, that you're missing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, all those movies miss the point, but this movie doesn't miss any points. No. Um, and I, I I don't think it's a perfect movie. No. But um, for me, it's a nine and a half. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's pretty That's pretty big old yeah. score. That's way up there. Yeah, and I remember you saying in our, uh, our top ten Halloween uh, movies mm-hmm. video on our YouTube yeah. channel, this is when you watch like every Halloween, right? Yeah, it is. I think maybe it's just the Halloween costume. Maybe it's that they're talking about horror movies, but it really gets me in the mood for Halloween. I can see that, man. Yeah, yeah I love this flick, too. It's one that I'd say that I've probably seen, I bet maybe four or five times now. Yeah. And I will watch it many more times. Mm-hmm. It's very, very enjoyable. Um, not perfect. No. I do think that there are I do think that there are some pacing problems in the mm-hmm. movie where I feel like you can definitely tell where some producer said, Hang on now, nothing has happened in the movie in a minute. Make the fawns get killed. Yeah. Like that was something that was written into the script. A kill a kill every ten minutes, yeah. Yeah. Basically. And again, stuff like where the killer is just showing up at these weird spots for really no reason right. at all. Why does he need to be stalking him in the fucking he grocery doesn't store? Need to is be he there. learning any critical information? Yeah. Like, like, he doesn't already know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so I think there's definitely signs in here that this was written by a somewhat new screenwriter yeah that didn't quite have all the pacing details worked out right but it was handled by an expert director who knew what he was doing yeah, yeah that made it work mm-hmm. so i can't say that it's that it's perfect no but man it's a really 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 fun watch mm-hmm. i dig it some good kills some good gore uh good soundtrack stuff soundtrack yeah. stuff it's not super mega present but it always adds That's a sense true. of like urgency yeah. whenever shit's like hitting the fan. It does. Marco Beltrami's composition is really good. Yeah. 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 Definitely very good. I think that I'm gonna toss this one on a scale of ten. I think I'm gonna toss this in about a. I'm a little lower than you. I think. Uh, I think an eight. Eight and, and a half. Eight and a, and a half. half. I guess we're going to toss this in. It's a great flick. Every really time uh, from now on when we say half, we should just say halfling or hobbit. Eight and a hobbit. Eight and a hob. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, Steve. Next week, continuing our October Halloween theme, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite flicks to watch every All Hallows' Eve season. What we watch it. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, Sleepy Holler. Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. I love this movie. Yeah, me too. I actually just watched it this week, not even preparing for the the show. I it just came on and I was like, let's do this. Yeah. And it's still fun, still great. Yep. Um 
Still a fun little mystery to it. Mm-hmm. That's actually an interesting thing. We're going from a whodunit to a whodunit. Yeah, we I guess done so. That, I, think, I guess so, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't like this movie. And if you don't like it, listen to our show next week. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll convince, convince you. Maybe we'll convince you. Why you ought to like it. Maybe. I don't, maybe we won't. But definitely That's do fine. tune in. Yeah, it'll still be fun. And in the meantime. We are still the podcasting champs. Oh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Rate and review us on iTunes. It only takes you a moment, but it means the world to us and helps us out a ton. Wait, is iTunes? Is that the Scottish version of iTunes? iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. iTunes.sc or whatever. I- <laughs> E-Y-E-Tunes? iTunes. <laughs> so yeah, be sure to uh, subscribe, rate, review, all that other bullshit. Steve, where can they find us on social media? At Dead Lovely Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh-huh. Dead and Lovely Pod at gmail.com. And guess what? We have a Facebook group. Dead Ooh. and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast. We love interacting with you wonderful we folks. We do. It's really fun. Don't forget to check out that YouTube channel. Uh, we don't have a fancy URL because not enough of you guys have subscribed to us yet. Yeah, we're getting there already, though. I mean, we no. got, we've got we got over 500 subscribers in a very short time. So yes, indeed. We'll have a brand new video. We'll have a custom URL soon. Coming out the day after this podcast debuts. Yes. And guess what we're doing in it? I don't know. What are we doing? I want it to be a surprise. I'm not going to say. I want it to be a surprise. People oh, are not expecting. Drive up the hype? Yeah, they're not expecting what's coming. You won't even believe what Damn. happens. Be sure to watch till the end. Yeah. You can't believe what this guy did with a YouTube video. We'll uh, post up links and stuff on the Instagram page and all that jazz so you guys can follow it from there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You guys have been absolutely stupefyingly fantastic. We have been dead and lovely. Happy Halloweens. Bye-bye.